Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Okay, guys. Good stuff. Just got done. It's a little late. We went deep. But at the end, we had three best bets. I would say more than any week in a while. And remember, we're off three straight winning weeks. Three and two, four and one, three and two. For the first in the Super Contest. For the first time in a while, I felt like all three of the picks that we decided on at the end were just so cleanly value offering. So really excited about that. Value, is it the priority for a batter? If you're trying to be a professional, it is. Is it for every batter? No. But nobody wants to lose more than they have to. Like, I like to go to movies, but I don't want to pay more than I have to. So in a way, if you accept recreational losses with the chance of winning, you want to minimize them. Any time your bottom line improves, especially when it's not with much effort, why not? Right? Some people say, why? Why not? Bet DSI, promo code BELL101. We'll talk about the 100% match bonus, which is still available. But I want to talk about how this is the time of year. Because I'd make the case more bets are made from now through April than any time of the year. You might say, wait, it's not all football season. Well, think about March Madness. And think about the college bowls. I mean, those college bowls, it's just unrelenting, the action. Nothing worse than thinking, oh, I want the dog here. And it's like, there's a bunch of fours out there, but you got three and a half. Now, you got to choose. This is like the... It's not quite Sophie's choice, but it's a tough one. Do I have no action or do I take the worst of the number? Ooh, add a book and the chance of you being faced with that dilemma, that conundrum, decreases. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. On to a very informative show. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. And a special, well, everyone's special. Week 14 Dream Preview with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, feeling froggy, I would say. Brad Powers. To my right. The only two-time Super Contest champion walking the earth or in the ground. There are no others. Steve Fezzik, I'm R.J. Bell. Another winning week last week. Somehow, some way, Up nicely above 50%. Going to keep going. That's the goal. Hey, it'd be nice to rattle off some amazing results, but the goal is have our almost won it last year profitable this year. And we're going to go with the same approach, rotation order, and we are going to have the games that the boys think are viable best bets. So they've got their five likes, but we're going to say, is it a like-like Winnie Cooper style? Do you like-like it? Kevin Arnold and the boys. Oh, Paul. Paul was a mess. You ever watched one of yours, Fess? I did. I liked it. Oh, I bet you did. Did you have a Winnie Cooper on your block? Or a Winston Cooper? No. no there, there wasn't any gal on your block that when you were like in eighth grade, you had a shine for. No. Why? 
just we live close to the University of Dayton, and it seems like more of the kids were in the the blocks close to the school. So where we lived, there weren't as as many children. <laughs> you know what it sounded like? Not, I thought you were going another direction. Yeah, it's like I didn't have I didn't have Cooper. time for the yeah. yeah no Winnie Cooper. I was into uh, those college girls. Here's the thing you got to know: you never know <laughs> yeah. what direction Fez is going to be in. What we do know is going in. What we do know is. We have two double likes. So Fez and Brad on the same pick. And we've got a crossfire. I think, I think, and I might actually add a crossfire. This is an interesting card. Very interesting. Because when you get back or to the point where there's only four games left, motivation becomes such a factor. And, and quite frankly, it's, an, uh, it's more art than science. It's something that... There is no clear answer, which makes for good conversation. Showtime! Woo! By the way, last week, you uh, there was no cross or there was no betting last week between each other, right? I wasn't here. Oh, I was MIA. Yeah, I, I felt I didn't want to shake Fez's confidence, so I didn't buck him on anything. We got Baltimore. We got Buffalo. Super contest line, Baltimore, five and a half, five and a half, and we have a like here, Steve Fezzik. And this is a like-like on Buffalo. Pure power rating play. I only make the game Baltimore minus three and a half, and we've got a line of five and a half. And so whenever your line differ- differs from what Vegas is doing, you got to ask yourself. Well, first off, most people don't have a line. Fair so enough. when your line. When my line differs from Vegas, I want to go ahead and see what did I miss. Well, in this case, I don't feel like I'm missing anything because I know – that Baltimore is an ultra-public team right now. They're on an eight-game winning streak. They had that five-game streak where they not only covered, but they had a tremendous against-the-spread margin. And I know they didn't cover last week, but they did beat a really good San Francisco team by three. So I still feel it's a team that the public really likes. And let's think about how I got to this line with my power ratings. I've got Baltimore, my number one team in the NFL. I have them power rated through the roof, a point and a half better than any other team. I've got Buffalo, a 9-3 and three Buffalo team, number 13. So I'm not high on Buffalo at all. I'm not optimistic. But you had Buffalo them. below average not that long ago. Correct. So what kind I mean, the Dallas win, you've got Dallas like what? Is the second best team? Dallas is number 8. Okay, 8, really? Yeah. I thought they were 7. They're 8 right now. All right. Who Read that list. 1 through 8? Yeah. Baltimore, KC, New England, San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, Minnesota, Dallas. And who's after? Houston. You have Dallas better than Houston. Yep. And then Rams. Yeah. And Rams. Okay. Huh. All right. But still, I mean, record I mean, record wise, Dallas is are they five hundred? Is that right? Isn't that amazing? Six and six, all that talent. And statistically, RJ, from a just a, you know I love the YPP. Maddie's not here, but I'm he's down on YPP and so am I. Dallas is the third best team in the NFL in a yards per play, um, and they're six and six. Yeah, I'm not as much as a YPP guy. It's like if if some, it's almost like playing with a transistor radio. If it's the only thing you've got, it's mighty fun. But if you got the internet, just <laughs> there you go. I, I'm serious. It just seems like it's very, very like not taking into account injuries, not taking into account game situations. You know, we hear about, oh, it's a pre-man defense, pre-man defense. We hear that all the time, but somehow YPP just ignores that. Yeah. Strength of schedule. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even care about that. 
but it's a nice, simple number. And you know, there's nothing worse. The guy who wrote The Black Swan, Tlaib, I think is his last name. I'm not exactly sure. Brilliant guy, actually. One of the great thinkers, I think. I should probably get his name straight. But he said there's nothing worse. No one takes offense to anything more than if it's a quasi-intellectual being told that he's not an intellectual. Tlaib? Nassim Nicholas Tlaib. There we go. And that is so true, is when you tell some half a math guy that he doesn't understand math, and again, not that I'd be the person to say that, because I'm a half a math guy, but I know I'm only a half a math guy. Oh, so the what? No, no. See, the fact Fez is giving a thumbs up higher. No, you, you might think so, but it's not true. The, you can buy PhDs literally like 18 bucks an hour. Yeah, but you can have, math PhDs. But you can look at PhDs math and conclude, oh, wait a minute. This is wrong or right. I mean, not, I'm not I saying go through the, all the, the logic. The logic of it, I, I would hold my own. I have right. no doubt. But that's not the only piece. It's not the only piece. And to me, people just love the idea that the number's right. Well, get a good number then if you want the number to be right. Cowboys are six and six. In a weird way, Steve, like your whole love of Belichick goes against the YPP. Well, we talked about that. He's the massive exception to the rule and shows all the problems with YPP because Belichick, it seems like every time his opponent has a third and 16, they pick up 11 yards and punt, right? And to me, one of the big problems with it, and Mackenzie, I don't know if you can pull that up because we never used it last week, so maybe you got it written down, is here's where I think YPP is biggest at fault beyond strength of schedule. And once you get later in the year, strength of schedule tends to flatten out because, yeah, you can still have an easy schedule, but the distance and that relative distance gets smaller between the teams. I think it's about how risky. Like, I I haven't looked at YPP this whole year. Tampa Bay, I bet they have a pretty good. On offense, I bet they have a really good number. They actually don't. This surprised me. Only 5.6. And what's average on offense? 5.55. Okay. So slightly above. And what's their D? 5.4. Uh-huh. The D's better. Okay. Because to me, what tends to happen is if you're willing to throw downfield, you get more yards, but you also get more catastrophe plays. <laughs> yes. Right? So what we found out was if a team wins the turnover battle and they win the yards per play for the game, net yards per play, they have an outstanding record. So we do have that. Yes, uh, updated not through last week, though. Okay, so just, all right, so not counting last week. Right. R- read the scenarios. So if they win the turnover battle and the yards per play, they're 59-8-1 against the spread. 59-8-1. All they got to do is win the turnover battle and the yards per play. If it's a push on the turnovers and they win the yards per play, they're 25-13. and 13. All right. And if they lose the turnover battle, they're only 24-41. and 41. Okay, think about that. Oh, I won one. I won yards per play. I did. 24 and 41. That's right. If you lose the turnover battle. Yeah, I'm not down with YPP. I'm down with <laughs> let's figure out who's turning the ball over. <laughs> and again, a lot of it's luck, but not throwing. Another question. What what makes you th- what was the look ahead line in this game, Fez? Because under your theory, it seems like that great performance Baltimore had against San Fran that people lost money on, the line would have went up. Yeah, look, Ed was seven, so the line went down. Buffalo beating Dallas, of course, has a lot to do with that. Yeah, that's interesting. 
So this is you're just making the case there's a big premium here. Yeah, and let me make one more case in terms of Oh, it's always interesting when he adds the extra handicap here, at the end. Here comes the hypothetical. So we remember Buffalo played New England tough. Buffalo outgained New England by 150 yards. Ultimately, New England blocked a punt. New England did what New England does. They lost the stats, convincingly won the game. If Buffalo wins that game, Buffalo's 10-2 and two, and Buffalo's home. And I ask you guys, what would the line have been on this game if Buffalo had won that game? What does this even mean? Well, they could have easily won that game. And they could have lost a couple of games too, right? I mean, it's like we could play that till we're blue. I, 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 no point in that Buffalo game did I think they were going to win the game. Did you think they were going to win the game? Never. All right, so there you go. Brad, what you got? I, I talk a trend line here. I'm leaning Buffalo. And the trend line is the quarterback for Buffalo, Josh Allen. Did not have a good start to his second season. For seven games, Josh Allen only had a 50 or better QBR, one out of the first seven. Last five games for Josh Allen, here's his QBR going from the first of that five-game stretch to just last week. QBR, 68, 51, 93, 58, 82, all five games above 50. This is a young quarterback that's improving. 11 touchdowns, one interception, last seven. Lean Buffalo for me. Why not like? I don't like going against Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I thought, you know, last week one of the reasons why, you know, we're not still on a streak here, a cover streak for Baltimore, I thought the weather impacted, you know, weather's going to impact a better, faster team when you got an athlete like Lamar Jackson. Which is interesting. You think Ravens, you think, oh, they, they want to slosh it out, but it's really not the case. I think a fast track helps Baltimore. Yeah. All right, to wrap up here, I think the matchup's the issue. When you talk about the Ravens, the matchup has to be part of the conversation. How do they match up against this one-of-a-kind offense with Lamar Jackson? And I think on the surface, they match up poorly, the Bills. I don't think that's correct. I think they match up well. Let's look on the surface. DVOA rushing, right? Ravens want to run. Only number 22, the Bills. Oh, my gosh. And, Brad, their offense is what? Five? Yep. Five. You mean pass off? Pass. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Pass check D's that. Five. The pass. Uh, yeah. So the against the rush. So this is the Bills D, and I misspoke. Against the rush, number twenty-two. Against the pass, number five. Okay. So you're thinking, oh, this is good. They'll be able to run the ball. And if you look at yards per carry given up, Fez, it doesn't look great, right? No, it looks horrible because the Ravens get five point seven yards per carry, and the Bills give up a above league average 4.6. Um, correction, 4.4. Okay. So that all seems like a bad matchup. The Hitman, who is excellent, has had a hell of a year. He's up at pregame.com. We got a recording of one of his picks today. We'll share. The Hitman says, no, no, no. It's about athletic linebackers. What you need is speed when it comes to Lamar. And the Bills have a super athletic linebacker and core. And he says that it's just a known schematic trade-off that McDermott and the Bills make, that they're willing to let you have some success running. So maybe instead of 3.8 yards, it's 4.4. Because, but they limit the big plays. And maybe some of the old school, forget adjusting for strength of schedule or whatever, but some of the old school, uh, oh, yards per carry is what matters. Yeah, it's part of the equation, but if you can give up a couple of tens per carry and prevent big plays, aren't you better off? Seems like the Bills are. In general, against the Ravens, I want athletic linebackers, 
and I want superior coaching because I think Harbaugh has a paradise of opportunity to fool an opposing coach. Now, it's kind of funny they got beat so bad against the Browns in Kitchens, <laughs> and they did dominate Belichick. Yeah. But again, as good as the defense is for the Patriots, they do not have especially fast linebackers. So I think the Bills match up better than you think. I'm a little skeptical of fading the Ravens, but that was a physical game. So I'm going to go with a strong lean on the Bills, but I'm sitting back. One more point on this game. You could make the case, Brad was talking about um, Josh Allen playing better quarterback. I can make the case the running game is improving as well. And the reason is that they've let Devin Singletary become their feature back. He is much younger than Frank Gore. Year to date, they both have the same number of yards. I'm younger than Frank. I'm younger than (laughs) Buffalo. I'm younger than Frank Gore. (laughs) Yeah, so so Devin Singletary is picking up five and a half yards per rush, and Frank Gore is picking up less than four. There's been a fundamental shift. Singletary is getting much more than half the carries now. For whom? For the Bills. So let's wrap it up. Game one, Fez, you. Like, like the Bills plus the five and a half. A Winnie Cooper. Yeah, Eileen Buffalo. Next game, Washington, Green Bay. Green Bay, favored by, check that, yes, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Fez, why do you have it written next to Washington? It's in the red pen there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, yeah. why is it next to the underdog? I don't know. Just Do you just randomly put it next to either team? I was probably dreaming about Winnie Cooper. No, but you weren't. You've already admitted that. See how he's trying to be more normal? <laughs> and even then he fails. 12 and a half, Green Bay. And Brad Powers, no, actually, this is my like. I like this one. I like Washington. I'm going to sit back and counterpunch you, see if anyone wants to bat me. Brad, you start. Eileen Washington here. And, oh, and to me, it's, it's all about a matchup here that I think uh, Washington has an edge. It's a Washington team that's went old school. They wanted to run the football. They had a lot of success last week. They had a rushing edge over Carolina. 248 to 65. Adrian Peterson doesn't matter if he's 28, 31, 38. He had nearly 100 yards last week. And now they're taking on a Green Bay Packers defense. What's their weakness? Rush defense. According to the Rush defensive DVOA rankings, Packers number 28. I think Washington has success running the football, working the clock. Eileen Washington. So why not like it? Because you're scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of Haskins in Lambeau. I mean, you're scared. I'm scared of Haskins in Lambeau. What do you mean in Lambeau? What does that even mean? I don't know. It's a tougher place to play, and I mean, but you got is, a rookie quarterback. Is it? What's the Lambeau and rookie quarterback stat? I don't know. I don't have one. All right. Faz, what do you got? Well, just to reinforce Brad's rush defense, I lean Washington as well. Ah, uh, lean. So AP got almost 100 yards. I'll tell you, got more than 100 yards. Former LSU running back Geis, who has been injured seemingly his entire career with Washington, and he came back with a vengeance last week. So now it's a two-headed monster, and Geis is better than AP. So think about this. Washington is pounding the rock with Callahan, with AP, who's serviceable. And now they got a real number one to pound the rock with. And the Packers, D, that's already regressing, their rush D is the weakness. We saw that in the Charger game where they got run over. Packers defense giving up almost five yards per rush. And frankly, just in general, Green Bay is overrated. They've been outgained by over 60 yards per game on average. The last six weeks, they got outgained by the New York Giants, despite blowing out the Giants 
I do not like this Green Bay team at all. It's just a lean. Same thing. I cannot trust Haskins. Haskins is really doing nothing, and Washington is winning these games. Haskins, QBR, 16 and a half. Hold on a second. What you just said is, I can't trust Haskins. Haskins hasn't been trustworthy, and they're still winning games. So it means you don't have to trust them. Well, they had a kickoff return for a touchdown when they beat the Lions, mm-hmm. and they don't win without that kickoff return. Okay, so, go ahead. So they're fortunate to, to win so, that so game. So w- if somehow they would have just minus seven point, what would the final been? They would have lost by four. So they, well, you're shrugging yeah. your shoulders. There's I can't a, remember. A jet- well, look at that. They, they won by three points, so they would have okay. lost by four. Okay, so what was the line? The line was Detroit minus three. Three, yeah. All right, so you're saying they would have lost if it wasn't for the kickoff return. But let's be candid here. You do get that possession regardless. Sure. So what is the points per possession of a team like Washington? I don't know what the average points per possession is. It's I mean, it's I got it's got to be it's got to be a couple of points, Yeah, right? it's got to be 2.6 or something. Yeah. Points per possession? You get like 12 a game. They're not averaging that. You don't get you get 12? Hmm. I'm thinking no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking college football. Well, more why don't we look that up? Because that's an, we've never thought about that. Because I, I do think, again, it's just too easy to wave your hand and say, well, let's assume they didn't have the touchdown. And, oh, by the way, let's assume they didn't get the ball even. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, well, they didn't get any touchdowns in the game So other than that kickoff well, return. They, they got enough to win, right? They scored otherwise. Yes. Because I'll bet you they get over zero points in this game if you want. 12 per team is the average NFL. 12 what? Possessions. Okay, so what's the average points? It's what, um, 47 now combined? So 23 and a half. All right. So t- that's two, but, two per drive. Like I said. Yeah. All right. But once you do according to Washington, because they're well below average. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. But then how do you adjust for the t- kickoff return touchdown? <laughs> yeah. You take that out. Or let's just trust the freaking numbers, perhaps. And I, I don't I don't like the spot for Washington so also. We're somehow ignoring last week. We're not ignoring it. Well, I mean, aren't you gonna explain that away? <laughs> Was there a kickoff return? Um I, I'm sold. I'm I'm going from a like. I don't need to trust Haskins when he can turn around and hand it off to two different running backs here. And let's be candid. Green Bay plays who next week? The Bears. Yeah. Tough game next week. Important game next week. Yeah. Rivalry game next week. And do they need a statement to establish they're good? They got one last week. Beat the Giants handily. This feels like a spot where Green Bay, that Rodgers sits back. Rodgers reminds me a lot of this Big Ben, where he has so much confidence. Because to some degree, Fez, one of the things you said that threw me, you said, game after game, against the Giants, they were out gained by 150 yards. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Who in their right mind thinks that, that Green Bay didn't dominate that game? Or did they? Green Bay dominated. So then doesn't that, if you have a stat, let's say someone says, you know, I'm not going to use IQ. I'm not going to use this or that to assess someone's intelligence. I'm going to use this new metric, whatever it is. We'll call it the popsicle metric. And if the popsicle metric said that I was stupid, you could say I'm a little tough. You could say I'm a little rascally. You could say I'm an asshole even in some cases. Can't say I'm stupid. If the popsicle metric said I'm stupid, do you start thinking I'm stupid or do you question the popsicle metric? Do you question the metric? All right. Well, if Green Bay clearly won the game handily and they should have won the game handily, you know, they dom- I don't want to use the word dominate. They had the game in hand. 
and the yardage says they didn't, what do you do? Well, they probably should have won handily by 11 instead of 18. Okay. but So you're supposed to win by 11 when you're outgained by 150 yards? No. So I'm confused. What's going on with Green Bay? They only got outgained by 13 yards. Oh, I thought you were saying, all right. But you were saying 150 per game. I mean, there's 60 per game the last six weeks. So think about the the last month and a half. I've been outgained by 360 yards. That's three and a half football fields. And what's their record? They are, let me see, win, lose, four. I got to look it up. I didn't put the wins, losses. Four and two last six weeks. Oh, we need the camera. That's correct, Mackenzie. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Thank you. So doing pretty well. So what's going on? What I'm trying to get at here is this idea that we're saying, well, New England stats don't tell the whole story of how they perform. Somehow it seems like that for years I've been hearing you talk about Green Bay stats. Mm, I don't think really? that's true. I don't think that's true. All right, so the whole let's say the whole year, this year. Yes. When you weren't in love with them. I think you were the first couple weeks. Yeah, the first three weeks. Yeah. The Smith brothers, ah, mm, they're dreamy. So what's that? Why? Why is there one team? It's not like they're winning a bunch of close games, are they? I don't think so. One second. I mean, you've you've seen the Green Bay schedule this year, correct? Yeah, it's not excessive in terms of their. I mean, early in the year they won a couple of close games, and since then most of their games haven't been very close. So Wins or losses. Do you? At what point are you going to start answering the question? The question is, you're talking about the yardage as if it's an indictment. I'm saying that the scoreboard. And it's not just the wins and losses, but the scoreboard is saying Green Bay's winning these games handily. Something's got to give. Is there something about this Packer team where you don't trust the stats? And if so, don't trust the stats. Or you got to explain to me why they've gotten lucky in these games. It's one of the. Do you see how you can't that they're contradictory? Sure, and. Certainly a theory would be that Rodgers, we talked about his stats not being very good, him being in the middle in the QBR ratings, mm-hmm. and probably I need to dig in deeper in terms of getting third down conversions and the like because he's obviously making the right decisions to move the chains. To so get- by saying he's obviously making the right decisions, that implies then you trust the scoreboard. Here's the thing. When I, when I hear about, and, and this is what I see all the time actually, is I see people say, well, this analytical approach tells me, let's say it's going to rain really heavy, rain five inches in a day. And it's like, wow, five inches in a day, that's so much. I, I, I'm skeptical. And I'll be candid. I don't think if the rain man dances or not really has much to do if it rains or not. So in this analogy, we have some type of quote-unquote analytics that may or may not be correlated to the end result that we're talking about. And we're saying, man, that those analytics of yours, I don't think it leads to five inches of rain. In this case, yes, the rain man is dancing. And the person says, okay, three inches. It's not a matter of degree. It's a matter of, is there a correlation? So how good do you think Green Bay should be? In the Fezzik eye test, what should Green Bay's record be, Fez? Seven and five. All right. And what is Green Bay's net yardage on the season? Minus 441. Okay. I'm confused. Sounds like they should be 5-7. and seven. Or 4-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. So 
clearly that metric needs it's just one of many that you need to But those are the ones you were quoting? You were cherry picking those. Last six games. Think about it. Remember? Yes. So the question is if we don't trust the yardage with Green Bay, then we can't even we can't say well let's only half trust it and assume that whatever negative story it tells is only half negative. It might mean that the yardage doesn't matter with Green Bay, which would be weird. I mean, historically, if a team loses the yardage battle, they lose the game. I mean, not every time, but they do most of the time. I can pull that number up as we're talking. So how do you reconcile Green Bay? Now, what is different with them, it would seem, two things jump out at me. One is Green Bay has a great home field. So maybe that in a way helps. But in theory, that home field would translate the yardage at home. Another is Aaron Rodgers. He's going he's gonna to excel in the high leverage situations. I can't necessarily think of anything else. What do you think? Makes sense to me, and we can talk about the high leverage situations, the turnovers associated with that. Green Bay has been very good on turnovers or plus 11 for the year. You would expect it would be good in turnover differential with Aaron Rodgers, now, at quarterback. Yeah, so why don't we just look at takeaways? Can you pull those up, Brad? ESPN has them. So takeaways should be random. If they are, if Green Bay is doing well and not giving the ball away, I think that makes a ton of sense. Though we could look at fumble luck too, because obviously Rodgers doesn't have a ton. I mean, his own fumbles, but otherwise, it just feels like that we got to figure out. And in and, and that to me is an interesting story. But I still, it just meaning this story would be interesting to me if you said, "Listen, Green Bay has been so lucky on turnovers," and you look at the underlying stats. So bad. And in fact, for over 400 yards, they've been outgained this season. That means you're, it's an auto fade every game for Green Bay then, right? Plus, I don't see the, the turnovers being extreme enough. So there's got to be something else. They're seventh in takeaways with 19. All right. So they're seventh and they're supposed to be 16th, right? Because everyone's supposed to be 16th. And how, how, what's the distance from seven to 16? So, by the way, as Brad's looking at that, four. So they got four more takeaways than they should. I mean, if it was in four different games, plus one, plus one, plus, I'd be huge, right? But if they're already up 5-0 and they get one, it's meaningless, right? Yeah, sure. So, McKenzie, do me a favor. Stack rank green. Oh, you got it right there, Fez. Look up the turnover margin on our super secret sheet for Green Bay. That's all you got to do is scroll over to it and tell me how many times did they have a plus one. Because that's going to be a situation where, in theory, they got lucky on a turnover and it made a big difference. Eight. Plus Eight. one or more. No. No, no, no. Plus one. Two. Okay. And what were those two games? Bears and Kansas City, two games they won by less than one score. All right. So I think it's very reasonable that they'd be a minus two in wins. But you know what's interesting? it still wouldn't explain how they're minus 400 yards. It would explain they should be plus maybe 400 instead of more, right? Right. So do we think it's Aaron Rodgers? I think you could make a good case for that. I, I'm, not, I'm asking what you think. What do you think? I think it's partly because of Aaron Rodgers. What else could it be? Sometimes there's just randomness in the data. Okay. I don't even know what that means, randomness in the data. So. But it's not when you're saying in the data you're abstracting. You're saying just you randomly outgain the team, but it doesn't matter. So you're saying there's other factors other than turnovers, like a 
a holding call in a specific place or something like that. And no more the flow of certain games that when they got blown out against San Francisco and they got blown out against the Chargers, Green Bay may well have been a savvy. Well, we team. don't have to. We we don't have to. I mean, what was the net yardage in those games? You got it right over there. Minus one forty one and minus two fifty eight. Okay, in those two games. Yes. So that's not much more than their average, right? Or the minus one forty one. I mean, well, those two bit. those two games basically comprise their minus four forty one. Yeah, but that even makes it more shocking. So they literally would be what nine and one otherwise. Yes, and be and have and be a, equal and e- even yardage. Yeah. Yes, that seems insane, doesn't it? It does. By the way, if you have more yardage, you win the game sixty-seven point eight percent of the time in the NFL. Green Bay seems to be the exception. I'm not scared. I don't think I'm going with the Redskins. I think we got a poor rush D with the pack. I think we've got a Packer team off a big win. It's got a big game coming up. I think we got a Packer team that's taking a little half a breath after Minnesota lost, right? What's yep. what's the odds right now that Green Bay wins the minus 400 to win the division? Mhm. Mhm. You didn't think of that, did you, Steve? I did not. You can come on. You can the water is warm if you want to come on for a like here. Like what's stopping you? You Don't know like- what's stopping you? It's the revenge of the nerd. Is the idea that you want to be a math guy so bad that you can't go with Callahan? You know what I know? How excited do you think Washington is? Very. So we got a motivated big dog with an unmotivated big favorite, but somehow you won't play. Well, we talked. We talked about that situation where you've got a dog that won as a double-digit dog the week before, and that has not been a profitable well, what, situation. What's, what's the trend? So the trend is the team wins as a double-digit dog. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's double-digit, is it? Uh, no, it is not. By six, a team wins as a six. That was your w- wacky yeah, that trend was, right, that right. was meaningless. Right. The team, the team is a six or more point dog. Mm-hmm. They win outright. Then they go on the road, and they're more than a three-point underdog the next week. Mm-hmm. 77 and 120 against the spread. And what's the rationale? Rationale is that you didn't think you were going to ne- necessarily win a game. You so overachieved. You got the big win. That you can re- you relax and you say, oh, we've you know, and I didn't expect to win more than at best one of these two games, and now so that they, I've got they, the one. You think win, they were thinking of it in a two game like a two game chunk, potentially. Hmm, interesting. Not a three game chunk. Two games. Yeah, because they just won one game, then two games, so they won two games. I know if they win this game, it's a winning streak. <laughs> that we know for sure. Well, I think for sure. Let's make sure. We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. How does, how's your trend influenced by that? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, all joking aside. I would have liked to look at that. Mackenzie, look that up, which you should be able to pull it up because if you do an entry that starts out, uh, what was the first thing I said? I can't remember on that query because it it should be saved in there. But um, add in the, the the prior game, prior to the most recent game, so two games back was also they had a straight-up win in that game? Yes. Yeah, beat the Lions. I'm interested to see that might help because you're joking with the winning streak, Brad, but it might be they yeah. feel like there there is true momentum here, right? I think this is a cultural thing. Just like I'm saying, like you're – 
let's be candid. You've played a lot worse teams in Washington. I mean, you, you've bet the worst of the worst because you said there's line value. Cincy. I Ryan mean, Finley. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But because there's something about your self-identification makes you want to, like the Twitter uh, 105 IQ crew just wants to so be analytically driven so badly that they act like that it's like, oh, no, Bill. Wait, I cannot possibly like the Raiders. You know why he said he doesn't like analytics, Gruden. He doesn't mm. like them. How dumb is he? How dumb is the $10 million a year guy? Mom, get me my meatloaf, please. I mean. <laughs> Guilty. And true or not. Like, true. Why, like, like, this is a dream scenario. It's a team that's motivated, that's got momentum, that's somehow getting jumbo. Not somehow, I get it. Getting jumbo freaking points. Against a team I've just said I want to literally look to bet against selectively the rest of the year. When's there going to be a better situation than this? Probably not the rest of the year. So ask yourself and be honest. I mean, speak loud, you know, speak long and loud if you need to. Explain to me why. Because when I watch Haskins play, I can just So Finley, see. how much did you watch him play? Yeah, he was awful. No, 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 no. But you bet him before you I, watched him. Yes. And I, it was an upgrade. Looked good in preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, Haskins has been playing with the lead now he's got to play probably from behind but i thought he played very poorly with the lead yeah but he and didn't, he's played poorly but he, didn't, from behind. he didn't make key mistakes and he could well throw the pick six that cost us the game here so, I, that, so what why don't you hedge out and 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 say there will be a uh you know special, special teams, teams defensive yeah. touchdown because yeah. then they'll intercept and return it to the two mm-hmm. yeah so you're saying you have no reason i have no reason but you do dig deeper. It's it's true. I don't like the teams that don't follow the analytics. It's like I I I, I have a. So do you? Even, I mean, that's funny when you say don't follow the analytics. Like, you, like what analytics are you talking? Would you be ready for a presentation? Let's say Team X said, Gruden said, you know something, as he's counting his money, he's, he says, do you? I want to learn how to really follow the analytics. What would you say? I would say be more aggressive with your play calling. Go for so it. So you're saying often. have ha- Haskins do more. Well, that's an interesting point because I'm going to hang myself <laughs> here because I just explained now the optimal strategy to win with Haskins is probably to hand the ball off with the, the guys in and how's Green Bay minimize how's Green Bay's soft, defense against the run soft as a uh, cheesecake. And do you really feel like that Aaron Rodgers getting the ball with five minutes left up by ten has any desire to put no, himself and he's out gonna, there? No, he's going to he's going to sell his body out when he's down three because he needs the win. Otherwise, he's not going to run on third and eight. So this is the for all those out there who just hate those wannabe smart guys. This is the you ain't so smart, move out of your mom's basement, play of the week, Washington plus the points. Brad, you've jumped on, haven't you? Yep, like-like for me. You, you've gone from a lean like, to yeah, a like-like. So like. Yes. Faz, you coming on board? Yeah, I'm aboard too. Yes! Actually, I don't like Washington at all. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Fell into the trap. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I do. I do. And to me, the rap here... I do believe that the mindset of a team, these are professional athletes, and the mindset being, hey, we're doing something here. Who knows? Right? And and obviously the guy, they're winning. I mean, Washington went from being the laughing stock to not. 
I know they've gotten lucky, but it becomes, in a way, momentum. Uncle Mo. So I like, Brad likes, and like, like, Fez likes. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, Denver, Houston. Houston at home, favored by nine. Fez. I passed this game completely, R.J. I could make a case I want to go against both teams here. So Denver, they get a win against the Chargers, one of the phoniest wins that you will see. I hate to go back to the yardage, but Denver was outgained 359 to 218, and I think that this is a true representation. Oh, there's no reason not to go back to the yardage. We just ascertain if you out-yard a team, you win almost 70% of the time. But when week after week you're acting like it's an aberration and it's not, that's what you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah fair, fair enough. And so basically without going through all the, the bloody details, the Chargers – Made, had numerous gaffes in this game that um, I noticed. You went on a Twitter rant. Yeah, I uh, Wait, couldn't couldn't believe every all the mistakes being made in the final uh, two minutes. Which ultimately, I, I'm confused. When you see people making mistakes, doesn't that make you? Don't you think opportunity to bet against those coaches? Yeah. Yes. So, so why were you so upset? That's a good point. So and well, I like I li- listen. If did you're not- you have money on the Chargers. As it turned out, I was playing for a medal on this game, so which I did not hit. Okay. If the Chargers had won by three, I would have hit. So you found it to be a personal affront to you. Well, when the game's tied and there's eight seconds left and a team has the ball on their own 28-yard line, yeah, it's a personal affront when a team can't stop the other team from and get into overtime. Because you just, you just want competence. You just look around thinking. Basic competency. Correct. Do you find yourself like yelling at uh, teenage girls and drive through, like who work drive throughs and such? You know, I said no pickles. I said no pickles. <laughs> that was good. So now I get a five, like minute old burger that's not even hot because I don't. I even like pickles. I only say no pickles because I want to make it fresh. And I get a burger with pickles that's been made six minutes ago. Say the, but here's the thing. When you talk that loud, you've got to go off the mic a little bit. Told me that. Everything was good, but go off a little bit. Go off the mic and say, I told you no pickles, because we'll roll that all together. I'll, I'll make that work. But you got to go off, the, go like this far and say, I, you know, I'll do it. No pickles! Like that. No pickles! All right, tag it. <laughs> that was good. But do you find yourself doing that? That's the question. At times. So as you get older, oof, oof, uh, get off my lawn. I mean, no, it's going to be worse. You're going to be like one of those people screaming in Walmart and like a white T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that? Oh, like yeah. they have boxers. I looks see like see that. That's me. They no, look I'm like kidding. they're shorts, but they're actually boxer shorts. Yeah. And you're wondering if he's got whitey tighties on yeah. in between. <laughs> but really, there was no money to be made from you. If, if some, It's funny for a guy who obsesses over how to make money. He wants to somehow educate people to, to prevent him from making money. <laughs> but you couldn't resist. That I've been good this did year. Did you try yeah. to resist? I made it to week did, four. Did you try to resist? Yeah. I did. This, I made it to week four. So here's what I want to do. Twitter he, here's the deal I want to make you. I actually want you to do this occasionally. 
if you feel it, not that I want you to. So once a month, a calendar month, so December, you get one rant, four tweets in the rant. It can't be four spread out. It's all got to be within a half hour. Mm-hmm. Hour. Because if you really get, you know, come up with some, a zinger, you can, you know, save your fourth one, I think, maybe. And then whenever you do, though, you got to come into the pod and the radio show and do it live. You know, where it's like you just, mm-hmm. like, then we can see how, how much I'm uh, really how much I'm helping the world at large that I'm restricting you to the one. Yes. But then, but I think the one would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you can even say in it, I'm only allowed one of these yeah. a month. Look out. Brad, what do you got in this game? I lean towards Denver in this one. And I hear your sentiments wanting to go against both teams. Houston off that big win against New England. O'Brien's not the coach that I think handles success well. And I, I, I certainly don't think it's a you know, great spot to get margin on Broncos defense that's held six of their last eight opponents to 20 points or less. I hear you last week, Denver very fortunate, Fez. But I could argue that pri- <laughs> previous to that, Denver was one of the most unfortunate teams in the entire NFL. They lost four games in the final second. So I think that's a little bit, uh, you know, what happened last week. Things evening out a little bit. Here's why I don't like Denver. It's Drew Locke's first road start. And the overall stats last week looked good, but there was a tale of two halves. Here's a guy that only had 11 yards passing in the second half once the Chargers kind of got an idea of what he was all about. Just a lean Denver. Yeah, I think that's a great point that Drew Locke you know, put up two touchdown passes. They were showing his family clap, and everyone was so happy. He was celebratory almost in the second quarter, like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then he became Drew Locke the rest of the game. Who's Drew Locke? He's the Missouri rookie that— Well, uh, what I'm saying is, who's Drew? when you say he became Drew Locke, what does that mean? Oh, just—, just expectations were not high for him being an NFL starting well, John, quarterback John this Elway, year. John Elway drafted him, right? Yeah, but John Elway's track record with quarterbacks isn't Whose so track good. record is good? Is <laughs> Belichick's? Yeah, Jimmy G. I mean, look, at, look at all the quarterbacks he's drafted since Brady. Right? How yeah. good is Jimmy G? How good is Brissett? Yeah. Is Brissett really a starter? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Is he? Yeah. I'm I saying so. I don't know. He's certainly dropped off, hasn't he? Yeah, let's look at where he's at in my quarterback ratings. Oh, well, yeah, that, that is going to tell us <laughs> oh, the whole story. Look, he's, he's uh, number 16 in the Fez quarterback ratings. However, QBR only has him number 22. All right. But I tell you this, the trend line's down. Casey Kasem style. No doubt. <laughs> so is it because he's banged up? Some people say he's not running the ball. You know, we'll get Strained MCL, who knows? Maybe. Well, his weapons, he doesn't have T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. And Max Hurt. There you go. That must be it. Somehow, though, there's certain teams that lose people and we never hear about it. <laughs> it's like, if everything is exactly right, they'll be fine. Mm. When's it ever that? I All I know was this. Brissett was very comfortable sitting. He was making like $3 million a year as a backup before Andrew Luck pulled his Houdini act. So I'm not all that high on Brissett. And I think Jimmy G maybe is going to be a number 16 type quarterback. I'll say it's not so. Well, where, do you, where do you got him now? I've got him number 11. That's insane. Uh, QBR is 12. Number 12 is uh, Matt Ryan, Atlanta. You think that Jimmy G is better than Matt Ryan? Oh, yes. It's close. <laughs> 
I mean, that is almost disqualifying. Jimmy G's better than Matt Ryan? How do we account for the fact that he's playing from the lead all the time? How do we account for the fact that they have a great running game? How do we account for the fact that look how good Matt Ryan looked when Shanahan was his OC? Hey, he was the MVP. Yeah. Uh-huh. But somehow. That was a <laughs> Ring him up. Listen. <laughs> listen. Love. Love. Uh, it blinds. We know that. I do agree with this. 11 yards in the second half. If that truly is, because we've talked about it, the accidental starters, the idea that these guys who are not pedigreed to be starters, getting thrust into the role, had a great run early, and it's been poor since to the point that Minshew, I guess, is coming back, but they're almost all benched. Right? Yep. Is, is Flipper st- still quarterback in this He's, week? Well, who are you going to put in there? Cam Newton just had surgery. Oh. So there you go, Flipper. <laughs> not, not, not doing so well. If this is a sign, and, and what's the rationale to that? The rationale is that the teams get and say, oh, he can do this, he can't do this, he can do this, you know. Mm. And the difference between a first round pick, even a second round pick, and a later pick is limited skill set. Now, Brady overcame that. Dak Prescott overcame that. Who else? And Dak was fourth round, right? Yeah. Who Russell else? Russell Wilson, third round. Yeah, third's different, yeah, though. That's, that's a real, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's right on the in-between, yeah. the purgatory. Mm-hmm. Who else? <laughs> so. And today's the and Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, the question yeah. becomes, when does it happen? And it has it is is lock so limited that it happened within a half. If it was a let's just say this, I would be so much more inclined to like Denver if he had eleven yards in the first half, and his first half stats were in the second. This makes you wonder. Yeah, and, and I have a very strong opinion on Drew Lock. I do not like Drew Lock's career in Missouri. If you look at his overall career numbers. Looks like the best quarterback Missouri's ever had. But a lot of those numbers he put up against non-winning teams. I've never seen a quarterback for four years at the college level basically have like a 7-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio against non-winning teams and then have a negative touchdown-interception ratio against winning teams in the SEC. Not a fan of Drew Locke. And with just a little snark, what what was the – consensus opinion did did Elway draft him like big time early or did he go about where he was expected to go about where he's expected to go and where was that second round so you're saying the the Brad Powers slash Mel Kite or variation on the Mel (laughs) Kiper said no no all those teams were wrong because it sounds like he would have been drafted within 10 picks if he wasn't taken by well I can say this prior to his senior year Drew Locke was the favorite to go number one I tweeted this and I'm like People aren't watching college football. Okay, but what I'm saying is, obviously, these are the... I mean, you don't think you could go in and draft quarterbacks better than NFL oh, teams. Oh, hell no. Not even close. And the consensus opinion was Locke's a second rounder. Yeah. And a second rounder is supposed to be able to perform in the NFL, not necessarily be a yeah. long-term... So I'm just saying, he's not so... It wasn't like a guy that... I didn't know the answer. If he was a guy that was supposed to go in the fifth round, now I can start wondering he's not yeah. even capable but you would have to say the consensus is he was capable of performing in the NFL. Yes. 
Does he seem like the type that would particularly need more time? Like, is he slow witted? <laughs> no, I don't think that's the case. No. Like when he, <laughs> like when he walks, like, like when he walks. Do you hear this? <laughs> no. Nah. All right. I wasn't. I'm just asking. Yeah. Hitman has an interesting point here. He said that since J.J. Watt has been out last five weeks, Houston has yielded over five yards per carry during that time, and that Lindsey has been stepping up for Denver. So for the fantasy guys, maybe look at Lindsey, but I also like the idea that if they, you know, Denver knows if Locke's in big trouble. If so, they run the heck out of the ball. Do we maybe look at the under? And by the way, one of Houston's real strong suits is within the red zone, right? Watson, mobility, playmaking. Denver's an elite defense in the red zone. What's the total? 42 and a half. Ooh, that's well, low. especially for Houston, Houston. Yeah. Houston's like, well, that isn't that the boy does not isn't the market telling us. See, that makes me actually like Denver here because it, it makes me feel like if the market we're getting nine now, not the old adage about, oh, if it's a low total, you got to take the dog. But it, isn't it telling us they don't expect Houston to do great on offense and they expect Denver to really struggle too on offense. But if Denver's able to run the ball, how much are they really going to struggle? You know what I like here? I like Denver on the money line. Because let's agree, Houston's a high-variance team. Yeah, regardless of what DVOA says. It feels like they are a high-variance yes. team. I got to dig into that DVOA variance. I think it might be on a per-play basis, okay. which is very different. I'm not sure. So what's, what's our take back? Plus 375. What I'm saying is this. We don't want Locke thrown from behind, right? So if you like Denver, you want it to be a competitive game. So just by definition, there was no other reason. There's no other reason you would – would you agree all other things don't even matter? If you're going to bet Denver and someone says, Fez, I'm betting Denver no matter what, you can't stop me. And forget that high-variance Houston. Wouldn't you agree if you have a crappy quarterback – and they're a big dog, just like you were talking about Washington. You said, Haskins, I'm worried. He might have to throw from behind. Remember? Yes. Wouldn't you agree that taking that big dog on the money line makes more sense? I agree. And then don't we agree that there's a, a some chance that Houston just lays an egg and a half, that they lose this game by, like, 17? Sure. May I suggest one other alternative yes, bet here? Yes, How about a first half money line plus 240? Theory being that if they're coming out a little uh, logy, take advantage early. And I just saw Drew Locke just be unable to play in the second half. I like it. I like it. In fact, rescind my bet. I'm going with a special derivative. Plus 240, huh? Yeah. What, what's the first half spread? Lay 300, take plus 240. What's the first half spread? Not straddle, spread. He's a wizard with that computer. Five. Five. All right, so a little, little more in half. So is that at 240 seems like a nice number. I guess it's going to fall even, you know, tied a bunch. Yeah. Still looks attractive. What do you think, Brad? I like it. That's a like-like first half derivative. <laughs> Winnie Cooper. Next game. Ooh, barn burner. Saints, 49ers. RJ has a like on this one. 
Everyone else is scared. Fez, what do you got? Yeah, I lean to New Orleans. It's a strong lean. The, oh! Yeah, and, and you say I don't listen enough to you, which is true. It's true. Uh, schedule Edge, New Orleans. The uh, Saints won Thursday. They've got 10 days to prep for this game. San Francisco just had to travel to Baltimore. That was a tough, physical 20-17 to 17 game in the rain, in the elements. So hold on. We did a little work on this, Brad. Week after Baltimore, Lamar Jackson as the starter. Last year, this year. Yeah, teams are just 6, 10, and 2 against the spread, falling short of expectation by three points per game after playing Baltimore. 6 and 10 with two pushes. I think some of it's the physicality. Yeah. But I think some of it is the old, the day after a knuckleball pitcher mm-hmm. in baseball. That's a good analogy. Yeah, in college after playing the option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as the Saints, I might make the case that my own power ratings undervalue the Saints somewhat. And here's why. Uh, Saints offense had Teddy Bridgewater for six games. Now, Teddy won, but Teddy only a 48 QBR. I've heard a lot about, oh, Drew, Drew Brees, we're worried he's 40. Well, his QBR is a lot better than Teddy's. Teddy's was number 23 in the league. Brees is now number nine in QBR. So, And I, I really like what I saw in, in him last week because he had not one, not two. He had four clear-cut well-thrown passes, including a touchdown pass, clear drops by his receivers, which is unlikely for the Saints receivers, and normally they're shorthanded. So his his performance last week was actually even better than what the underlying stats were, which were still good for him. Mackenzie, read me uh, Breeze's last three QBRs. Continue, Fess. Also, the Saints, I think, are maybe undervalued because of the Kamara injury. Kamara missed almost three Full games. He missed two games. He had one game his first game back. He only got four carries. He's a really important weapon for the Saints, and the fact that he's missed almost three games has them undervalued in their underlying stats, I believe. But somehow you can't muster up Benton, one of the best home teams in the league, laying less than a field goal. Oh, I forget the lean. I like New Orleans. Well, why didn't you like him before? Because I had resistance from one of the guys I really respect that bet San Francisco back when the line was three. What do you got, Matt or Brian? I lean. No, I like New Orleans. Now. Oh my gosh! I, I got a trend here. You know the people are going to say RJ's bullying them. No, not at all. No, I was scared. Really I, I don't scared. want you guys like. I want to be out there on an island. That's where I'm most comfortable. I have a trend here, and it makes a lot of sense. Sense the Saints, we all know, really good at home. What's even more remarkable, they're really good at home against good teams. Since two thousand, actually, great teams since two thousand and six, the Saints are fourteen and one against the spread against teams that have a winning percentage of eighty percent or better. Fourteen and one against the spread cover rate by more than a touchdown a game, eight and a half points per game. I like the Saints here. Wow, that's a strong trend. To me, it speaks to Sean Payton. He's going to be the type that's going to really scheme up a big game and the crowd enthusiasm. Yeah, and the spot. And, I mean, they're laying less than three. What was stopping you before I, I showed the, you the I light? I think the Saints have been fortunate this year. I, I haven't heard many people talk about this. They're 6-0 and in games decided by seven points or less. Teddy Bridgewater kept winning all those close games. Yeah, but if, if somehow he had lost two of those, would we really think that much differently about the Saints? What would this line be? Yeah, that's a good point there. This line's assuming somehow San Fran's become the better team. And, oh, by the way, who has San Fran played? Meaning they've had a tough run. Let's run down since – and the funny thing is that Washington game was a tough game for them because of the Shanahan revenge. 
Start the week before Washington. Steve, you realize that Excel sheet has him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See if he somehow. So you got those QBRs, McKenzie? Yes, I do. Go ahead. Uh, starting with last week, it was 50, then 79, and 85. All right, so last week when Fez loved it, they, he was 50. Yes, sir. And two weeks before, he was above 75. Yes. Hmm. All right, I can deal with that. Because Fez is really effectively saying if they caught a couple of those passes, he goes up to something, 65 or whatever. So that would be three straight above 50. Lombardi's talking about his arm looks bad. Guys, what are you doing? You got like notes out? What are you trying to do? Can't you just read the games? Yeah. Let me and worry about I'm not gonna be on mic. Okay, first two games of the year, not all that impressive, but man, look at this rundown from here. So third game. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Then at Cleveland, Sunday night football game. Uh, I think that was Monday night, if My, I recall. Yes, you're right, you're right. At home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rams, Washington. Okay, now remember, revenge game for Shanahan. Yep, in a monsoon. Carolina. Okay. Arizona. And they dominate Carolina. Arizona. So two, let's call them easier games. Then Seattle. Seattle. Back to Arizona. Back to Arizona. And then Green Bay and Baltimore. Okay. Not as tough as I, I mean, tough. But I guess if we're just looking very short, Green Bay, Baltimore, to New Orleans. That's about as tough as you get, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I did the math on, or I did the search on this. Never has there been a team with a record better than 800. And this is after the second game in which they're dogs two weeks in a row. I mean, it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. So it's late in season. So it's week 10 or later, regular season. Now there's one exception. There was a week 17 game in which starters were sat. So we're just eliminating that one game, but it's the starters, so come on. They're not playing their quarterback. Since in 30 years, zero times has a team with an 800 record played two games in a row as a dog. Think about that. So this is a historically difficult, unless you think San Fran's getting a lot of disrespect, which I don't think they are. No, this line says they're not getting disrespect. Mm. It says they're better. Clearly better. It's saying this late in the year, you just don't see this amount of tough games, even two in a row like this. And thus, it makes me think, how do we know what effect it's going to have on San Fran? Meaning, you play Green Bay, Baltimore, and Saints with two of those games on the road in three weeks at the end of a year? That seems pretty important, don't you think? And Yeah, and a lot of travel going all the way to Baltimore and now back to the Bay and now to uh, the Saints in a 10 a.m. Eastern start time. Yep, yep. <laughs> I like the Saints. And, oh, look, the crew's coming on. Yeah. The crew's falling. Are you on a like too, fast? Oh, absolutely. Oh, of course. That lean becomes a like. <laughs> Next game, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Cleveland, eight and a half. Fez, you like this game. Yeah, and it's a like-like on the Bengals. Bengals much better with Dalton. Four-point upgrade over the horrible Ryan Finley. Thank you, RJ. You actually gave me the memo on this before. <laughs> Ryan Finley <laughs> threw think? a pass. So Dalton, pretty good numbers uh, against the Jets. Threw for 6.6. Um, per attempt, touchdown, no interceptions, QBR, 
average of 51. That's a whole lot better than anything Ryan Finley was putting up. And what I saw was Cincinnati, the entire team, clearly more motivated. Team sent a message. Look, we are trying to win. They dumped the Gatorade over Zach Taylor for his first win. And uh, the Bengal defense really dominated the Jets. If you were watching the Red Zone channel and watching for the Jets to enter the Red Zone, you're still waiting because it did not (laughs) happen the entire game. They did not cross the 20. And I got to tell you, Cleveland, questionable motivation, 5-7. and Playoffs are not a realistic option. In fact, one of the sites I just checked, 2.7% chance, less than a 3% chance. How is it that low? Even if Cleveland goes 9-7, and seven, they lost to Tennessee week one, so they don't have the tiebreakers yeah. against Tennessee. The dream's pretty much crushed in Pittsburgh. And, Brad, I think we may have a free roll here a little bit as well. Mayfield's health. He banged his hand, missed a few snaps against Pittsburgh. He did return. Now, the team says he's fine, but I think that this is a free roll chance that he is not. What's your power ratings say, Fez? Power ratings on this game actually have it at uh, Cleveland minus nine, but um, it's not really it's not factoring in the bad motivation for Cleveland, the possibility for an injury to Mayfield, and the fact also that Cleveland buried the Bengals twice. Remember with that the Hugh Jackson situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where they handed they had the uh, Cleveland got the turnover and was making yeah. fun of Hugh Jackson, so they really. Um, uh, we're super motivated last year. Yeah, you. Cleveland was ultra motivated to stick it to uh, Jackson and the Bengals, and now I think if the reciprocal occurs. Yeah, I'm a little torn, and you had us before the podcast kind of query this up because I had the similar thought process. You know, after breaking a long losing streak, is there going to be like a sigh of relief or is there a momentum spot here for, for Cincinnati? And, you know, I can't answer that question. That This is the one and only pass for me. Well, the numbers say, obviously, it's momentum, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. These are, I think we got to always remember, these are professional athletes. And <laughs> they don't drink Coke Zero. And they've been, we can't ever forget these athletes are the types that were the best in their high school. And they were the best from towns around for the, most likely. And then they were the best at college. And now they're on the bangles. They didn't choose that most of them. <laughs> Who would? And now they they got their guy back. I mean, Fez, you didn't think so, but I mean, this is a guy that literally when he had AJ Green last year was like on a Pro Bowl pace. But somehow we thought Finley would be better. <laughs> I think... The only thing that worries me is it feels like we're a week late. I mean, this line, the look ahead, was ten and a half. How much better would you like this, right? Well, sure. But what have we really learned? Well, we learned that the Bengal defense probably is a whole lot better than we thought, and maybe they had questionable motivation. And Well, that Bengals D was horrible. Listen, Andy Dalton wasn't sat that many games, was he? Three. Was it three? Yeah. Okay, so four games back, how was the Bengals' day? Well, the D last week was great. Okay, so but what I'm saying is you were saying we know that. That's an objective fact. We're trying to interpret the facts. You're saying that perhaps it was Andy Dalton's return that motivated them. Well, wouldn't his presence prior to his absence be motivating or, or at least not be demotivating and thus – 
why were they so bad? The defense for the Bengals when Andy Dalton played before. All right, yeah. To be fair, the Bengals have a bad defense that I think really got severely compromised even worse and became like a league-worst type defense when Ryan Finley got named the starter. Though somehow they almost beat the Raiders. Yes, that was a strange game. Well, maybe not considering the Raiders lost yeah. two in a row from 30-plus. <laughs> you got a question when the Raiders were five at Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mid, I tell you, they should do a, a 30 for 30 for those two lines. <laughs> Detroit Lions. No plus, sense. Detroit Lions plus three and a half at Green Bay. I'm serious. It made no sense. Huh. So I think it's a dream crusher for, for Cleveland. What do you think? Yeah, we agree. Cleveland, latest estimates, under 3% for them to make the playoffs. So it's not impossible, but it's so improbable that I really feel the Browns players know it's all over. And at minimum, they're the type of team that's going to be flat when they're over a touchdown favorite anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to agree. So you you don't like it, though, huh, Brad? No, Why? I don't. I just look at, at line value from last week. So the Jets were at Cincinnati last week. We're laying three, three and a half. You do the six-point home away adjustment. So the Jets should have been nine, nine and a half last week, according to that line. But remember now, the Jets, there was an irrational exuberance. We talked about it for the Jets because if you actually looked and somehow you squinted, this shows how dangerous it is, and said, well, don't count the Belichick game and don't count yeah. that game because he had just got off of syphilis or whatever it was, is mono. Yeah. And then they could find a way to say, look at these four games that are left, how great Sam Darnold is. You heard that narrative. Absolutely. And that was crap, like I've been telling yeah. you. It's crap, crap, crap. Somehow Colin was still trying to talk about it today. He doesn't have any weapons. <laughs> yeah, Le'Veon Bell is not a weapon. <laughs> Robbie Anderson looks pretty good to me when he's out there. So uh, I think the, the better number to look at, though I don't love it because the liquidity is not as high, but the look ahead. The question is, how much do you upgrade the Bengals off of last week? I think at least a point, point and a half, right? Yeah, let me see what If I it's did. not a point and a half, you made a mistake. Point and a half. All right. Now, how much do you downgrade the, the, the Browns? Because I think you downgrade them a little bit because they didn't play well, a half a point. And I think you downgrade them a full point beyond that. So I think it's a point and a half. Yeah, I brought them down a point. And no, wrong. I think, yeah, and I, I, I. Wrong. Wrong. There's Point a, half. Think about dream it. crusher. Who's going to be susceptible to the dream crusher but the most undisciplined team yeah. in the NFL? Yep, leads the league in penalties. So you're saying three points of adjustment, which actually there's only been two points of adjustment for 10.5 to 8.5. There's value at 8.5. It's a better bet than it was We don't want you liking week. it, though. We don't need you. <laughs> like for RJ. Next game. Got a prop bet on this one. Oh, go for it, baby. We're going to do Joe Mixon under 60 rush yards and frankly, this is all about Ryan Finley. Remember when the Bengals were getting crushed and they're handing the ball off to Mixon and he got like 45 carries in two weeks because the Bengals weren't even being competitive and they knew Finley couldn't throw the ball, so they just wanted to hand the ball off and get the game over with. Well, I don't expect that to happen with Dalton, although I like the Bengals. It's likely the Bengals are going to be trailing in the second half because they are an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, so I don't see Mixon getting the carries, and frankly, I see Dalton being motivated to put the ball in the air, Mixon under 60 yards. You know what's funny is I actually had last week, I had like really attentive listeners are saying, you know, RJ, last week you actually had the number of passes and number of rushes under Finley and the number of passes and number of rushes under um, 
the red rocket slash water pistol. Somehow, Fez, you completely ignored that I had all those numbers and you painted some narrative tale instead of just saying, you remember the numbers. Don't, I'm not saying you remember the exact numbers, but you remember I had them, don't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you reference that? Like, as RJ pointed out last week. As RJ pointed out last week, the <laughs> why don't I have these numbers in my notes? No, I'm not saying yeah. you should even. I don't have them in front of me. You know, that would be interesting, though. This shows you how powerful our secret spreadsheet is. So, Mackenzie, just go into the Bengals, find the Finley games, look at the number of rushes, average. Remember I showed you? And the number of passes. Do the same thing. What's his name? I had a mental block on the Red Rockets name. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Apparently, he broke the franchise touchdown record last week. So when they sat him, if he would have sat for the oh, rest wow. of the year, he would have. And he him. likely, well, I think his yeah. contract. I mean, yeah. I don't think you sit a guy like that and you don't. And yeah. that, I mean, the odds were when he got sat that he was never going to take another snap yeah. for the Bengals. You'd have to say at least 50-50. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, Faz? Yeah, so Kenny Anderson's sad is somewhere probably, right? Well, if he's mean like you you would be. Remember the old people would say, oh, I, my, you know, my record was made to be broken. When, yeah. that thir- when you're in the old age home, Faz, and that third super contest, someone finally wins a third, you're going to be, like, throwing remote controls. <laughs> I'm like, RJ, I'm like the old farts. Every year with the Miami Dolphins, you know, where they toast the champagne when yeah. someone loses a game. <laughs> when I hear that someone won it for the first time, I'm just like, go ahead and pop the champagne. But let's just say as the numbers go up, it lo- you know, it, it helps. I think you're safe. Yeah, I, I'd have yeah. to think. i tell you this. Someone that has, doesn't have any winning two, yes. I'd put a massive number against yeah. that. Mm. So maybe you should go whack out some of the people who won. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm speaking metaphorically. Had a lot of holes in the desert. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if, like, two of them go down and, like, the, the feds come in and they play this podcast? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then they start going on the lamb, like, all-known oh, champion. No. <laughs> you know what's funny? He's not even, he's, like, got his head down reading yeah, the notes. Yeah, quiet. Like, somehow he thought of this or something. Yeah. I was just thinking about like slashing their tires so they couldn't get there to put their picks in on time. They're or not we, taking you, you them can out. have Sleepy be their proxy. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I actually pride myself on not getting as upset as I used to. And I really accomplished that. But when we call him, like, what was it, like 35 minutes before the deadline, and he was supposed to be down there, and he's. He's got his groggy voice. He's just waking up. I, I I was slamming my desk so hard. It was like, it was pretty crazy. I was in the uh, Westgate parking lot wearing my pajamas. Oh, Lord. You were in your pajamas like at 930? Yeah. Oh, wow. Next game. So like on Cincy, Carolina, Atlanta. Brad Powers has a like here. Yeah, I like Atlanta, and it goes back to when we were doing straight out of Vegas on the Tuesday edition. The the line move in this one may indicate that it might be a wave the white flag situation for Carolina. Usually, in Fez, we texted you. It was one of your days off, <laughs> many, uh, handicapping day. And uh, 
you said, hey, you expect that, you know, it to be a positive for Carolina, at least worth a half Money a point. Never sleeps, pal. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> and you expected, hey, that's at least a half point to a point upgrade for Carolina. They lost their coach. Team's going to be motivated. Well, the market went. It's the, we call it the Ryan Finley effect. <laughs> there you go. But the market went the opposite direction, and I agree with you. It doesn't normally happen this way, but the market moved a point against Carolina, and RJ made the great point that that you have a new owner here, uh, an entirely different mindset as far as being more analytics. He's a hedge fund guy. I mean, all these guys. I mean, whether you're a player. I think it's David Tapper is his name, or Temper. I'm not sure. Tepper. 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 Yeah. Uh, And – whether you're a player, an assistant coach, anybody in the organization, you got to think, oh, this might be it for me. That's not good if you're thinking, hey, this is my last four weeks here. I got to start looking where I'm going to be in the next, you know, next year, in the next few months. I'll take Atlanta here. Yeah, and on Twitter, I don't think I've ever seen such an outpouring of love for an outgoing coach. You see, like, Luke Keekley posts, like, four pages about how Ron Rivera and what a wonderful person he is. Same with Cam Newton. Maybe so. they should hang out during the summer. <laughs> I don't know. I no, just, I, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, do you think, to me, if, if someone's getting a lot of love from their boss and they've never won anything, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Mm. Steve? It's a bad thing. I mean, because you really like touchy-feely crap, right? Obviously. Yeah. So, so I mean, <laughs> like, is that what you'd prefer? Is a boss that said... Great job when you did, like, horrendous. Oh, thank you, RJ. No, I'm saying in a given spot. Yeah, I think I probably would. You would? (laughs) Not if I was a horrendous, but... So how would that go? Just, um... I mean, what I'm saying is... How would you climb the ladder? How would you keep me down if you had that? If, you know, mediocrity was rewarded. That's what's wrong with today's society. Everyone says, oh, everything that's good, that's not good. Come on. You sound like a f***ing hippie. It's like a direct quote from like the new Cobra Kai uh, YouTube series. Oh, what's it say? Johnny Lawrence says, that's the problem with today's generation where everyone gets a participation trophy and told what a great job they are. It's just a generation completely. What did you do with a... What's that? Oh, I didn't want to say the word. Oh, but what's the word? Or a pussy generation. Darn. See, this is when it gets tough, not when he's getting criticized. Johnny Lawrence, he's the hero. Didn't he die? Like in real life? One of those one of those actors died. Yeah, his, his buddy, the guy who said, "Get him a body bag." The oh. kid from the movie died. Boy, that movie really. St- I mean, that, yeah, that, that, that's. I, I mean, that's you. Did you feel like you were like Ralph Macchio, just not as attractive? I all I know, <laughs> I I I just love Johnny Lawrence in this in this YouTube. He's just. But he, why would you even want? I mean, like you literally have seen like in the last five years, you've seen what ten movies that weren't. Like, oh, less than that. Yeah. But somehow you just... That aren't like cartoons. Exactly. So somehow you sought out a YouTube series. Now that tells me you had a great love for Karate Kid. And I've often heard you quote, sweep the leg. (laughs) All right, then. Correct or not? Yeah. So why are you... Now the real question is, why are you trying to like deny it? I'm not denying it. I like Karate Kid, but I like I like this YouTube. But you must have liked the Karate Kid massively. I did. It was a good movie. So why did it take us like <laughs> two minutes to get there? Do you feel like there's something about that movie that tells about you feeling picked on as a kid or something? Never thought about that. 
So why did you? Yeah, what's wrong with saying you like the karate? Kid? That's that's a good question. Yeah. Even Brad's asking yeah. now. I like the karate. Kid. I know Nothing you're now wrong. saying yeah. it. Why did you resist? Because it really wasn't about the Karate Kid. I don't know why but, I resisted though. You don't understand. <laughs> I don't know why I resisted. Why did you pick up this YouTube series then? If you didn't like, like, because it was a direct like like what's wrong with like we were talking about? Are no, talking no, about no, the no, wimpy no. people? Steve, and, we're not asking you why you quoted mm-hmm. it. We asked you why you watched it. I don't even recall who put me onto it. I don't recall. But I've recommended 100 movies, some of the greatest pieces of <laughs> art ever put on the celluloid. Or whatever. Cell, how do you say that? Celluloid? celluloid? Yes. So, and you haven't watched a one. Not a one. So you loved The Karate Kid, but you denied it. Why do you think? Let me think back to the movie. You weren't a single, you didn't have a single mom that was struggling like him. No. Okay. So it had to be you were getting picked on. Did you have a a, a very short Asian man, like, mentor you? <laughs> Jeez. What? He had a bonsai tree. Yeah, that's right. I mean, did he sit with chopsticks trying to catch flies? You know what's funny? To say a, a short Asian man somehow makes everyone uncomfortable. It's like, how would you describe Mr. Miyagi? <laughs> That's it. He right? Yeah. I didn't say Oriental. I said Asian. I don't know what else to do. Like <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. So what was it? Did you want a short Asian man to mentor you? No. <laughs> you know, I do think one of the great moments in movie history, maybe not great, but telling, instructional was the wash on, wash off. Wax on, wax. Oh, okay, yes. Wax on, wax off. I've always said wash for years, I think. <laughs> Because it really shows you, Mackenzie, I was trying to teach him that today. There's fundamentals. If you don't get the fundamentals right, forget everything else. And we think back to school and how stupid Mm -hmm. the teachers were. But to some degree, think of all the crap you never would have learned if they didn't make you. You know, sitting there with the multiplication tables, writing cursive, whatever. A lot of tough stuff. (laughs) I mean, like stuff that took... It's so funny. You take any 40-year-old and you say, do X, go. It's like if somehow they have to do it like an hour a day for a month, the chance of it getting done is almost zero. If it doesn't involve booze or, you know, something titillating. But the kids, it's like they go to school all day. Yep. Then they get home and it's like, I'm sure Johnny likes his homework to some degree, Fez, but, you know, no kid loves his homework all the time. And I bet there's times you're like, get that done, and then we'll go, we'll have some ice cream or whatever, right? Right. And somehow he gets it done. And he's doing linear quadratic equations. Whatever he's doing is he's, he's a kid, and he's obviously bright, but he's also doing fundamental. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't matter, well, I guess if you're Doogie Hauser, but no matter how bright you are within reason— you're going to have certain things that don't come easily as a kid. And you're going to gut through. And the kids always, even the kids are supposedly lazy or like, he's not a great kid. You know, like if the neighbors could say, but they got through it. Yeah. But how many adults do you know not do many. anything that they have to gut through? <laughs> not many. That, that has any choice to it. Meaning if they don't get paid, yeah, they do it and they're just going nyang, 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 under their, yeah. you know, the whole time. I wonder why that is. I know the brain's more, what, malleable when you're a kid. So that means you could learn faster, perhaps. But 
would it mean that, that you're more inclined to do things you don't want to do? Or maybe the kids do so many things they don't want to do when they finally get free. Yeah. They're ne- I'm never doing nothing I don't <laughs> yeah. want to do again. Yeah. What do you think it is, Fred? Yeah, You're the one with the kid. And time goes by so much slower to ask them to do something for an hour. That seems like a tremendous long time for the average child with his, um, I mean, because just from a percentage of his life, think about it, that hour is so much larger. So kids don't, most kids can't sit still for an hour. Yeah. And, and they say that with time passage, it has something to do with your body temperature. As you get older, time literally does the perception of it pass more quickly. I mean, he's really good when he's helping me with the prop lines on all the players Sunday morning, but after about 20 minutes, he usually gets bored. That 20 minutes? Well, you know what you need to do is incentivize him with any prop bet that he helps you. And I'm not saying do this because I don't know about kids and all that, but maybe you find a way to say, if you're helping me with this, every for every 100 I win, you get a dollar or something. Mm. Then I, he might yeah. perk up, but then... That sounds like something that there might be like a big story written about. (laughs) That somehow he's got, you know, Fezzik has his kid. Oh, you know what we could do? We could plan a story that somehow you were doing something really like that was so gambling centric that most people would disagree with it. And then there's a big uproar about it. But we find out all along that Johnny was like away at some chess camp. So Mm -hmm. it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt he couldn't have done what they accused you of. So now we get all the press and then redemption. What do you think? (laughs) What? Yeah, maybe not. What do I know? I just know about sports betting, movies, buffets, a few other things. All right. So you won't tell us why you didn't want to admit to liking the Karate Kid? Do you know why? I'm just trying to. I know where you're going to think, like, oh, I was picked on, and that's why I like the Karate Kid. No, no, no. I I like Ralph Macchio. No, no, no. I don't have any idea. But that I'm wasn't just, the reason. I just liked that whole scene where it was like, show me paint the fence. And then the, the, Mr. Miyagi tries to wail on him. He keeps blocking everything. That one scene was like you, one of the best scenes of ever in a movie. But you're still getting the wrong question. I'm not asking you why you liked the movie. I'm asking you why you were resistant to admit you liked the movie. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really not sure why I was resistant. But you do see that you yeah, were. Yeah, I was resistant, yeah. but I'm not sure why. Okay. We we done with this game? Yes. I have no idea how Carolina is going to react to this, and thus I'm staying away. Well, if you have no idea, do you think it's 50-50? Because then you'd like Carolina because the the market's at two and a half. The market's ad- or two, right? Yeah. And yep. the market's adjusted. So if you don't believe in the adjustment, if you think there's only a 50% chance the adjustment's right, don't you like Carolina? I think I'd rather just watch the first quarter and bet it in game make an evaluation from the effort level I'm seeing. That's an interesting point. And you know what we should do? Let's start having the in-game tip of the week. Just one. And if this happens, then this. So what we're saying here is that oftentimes games regress back to the expectation, right? Teams up by 10. It's a pick em game. In general, the line from there is going to be favoring the team down 10 nothing, right? Yes. In this case, we're saying the first X number of possessions could potentially lend us in, or would likely lend us insight to the effort level. And if we see Carolina getting beat and getting beat at the line of scrimmage, especially not like a punt return or whatever, you would say you expect that to continue. Yes. 
Is that, would that be your best one of the week? You know, this one perhaps will allow you to have a second one. Yeah, we'll talk about another game with that potential later on. Next game, Detroit. So just to be clear, like Atlanta, Yep. Brad, you're lane three. I am lane three. I still like Atlanta. Fez, you are completely neutral or? Completely neutral. So another pass. Yes. Line's exactly right. Exactly. Minnesota, Detroit. Minnesota 13. Brad. I'm going to lean Detroit here. I just thought this was interesting about the Lions, who obviously have a bad record at 3-8-1. and one. They have led in every game this season. The 3-8-1 and one Lions have led in every game. I got a question that, you know, in one of the the only blowout loss for them was at home against the Vikings. And I got to wonder if there's just fundamental issues as far as the matchup goes against Minnesota. I know that more in college. I'm not an NFL guy. I didn't see that game to, to really know that. David Blau, like Fez mentioned earlier in the podcast, looked good early. What my worry is, is it more what he was in the first half or what he was in the second half, which wasn't as good. I tend to lean towards what we saw in the second half. Just a lean for me on Detroit. But Minnesota is really banged up here at the skill position. And I'm not sure off a Monday night game how motivated they are to get margin here. Okay, who does Minnesota have next week? Let's look at that. Number two, my question is, do we have the stats on Blau when it comes to first half, second half? Passing yard? Split. Yeah, in the split. First half, couple of deep passes, one for a long touchdown. Blau was 7 of 15 for 179 yards. Even though he attempted 23 passes, 15 out of 23 doesn't sound bad. Only 101 yards. So, I mean, less Yeah, than- but come on. It's hard to split up the first half and second half and say one's much better, right? Yeah. All I right, so it. about the you. same. Yeah. Fess, what'd you have? You were looking um, anything up? Yeah, Minnesota schedule at the Chargers next week, and then they finish with two divisional games after that. All right, so we're saying not like some huge game coming up. All right, and now that we're cleaning up some of the outstanding con- uh, considerations, Bengals with or without Finley, rush pass split. So with Finley, they passed 29 times per game and ran 28. With Dalton, they passed 42 times a game and run 21. Ooh, boy, if Fez would have made that point, he could have saved like 70 seconds of painting the word picture. He's a numbers guy. That is impressive, and it makes you think they're not. But, boy, does that seem like a low number? What was the – it was 60-some yards for the Bengals back? Yeah, that's what he's been um, – Mixon's been priced at the last few weeks. But what's his, like, season to date? I mean, what I'm saying is, are they accounting for that? No, no I've seen that, like, the last three weeks. That's the – it's been the same So that number. was the case even with Finley? Yes. Ah. So no one likes Minnesota, but no one likes the dog. I, I lean to the dog. Okay. And it's it's all about Minnesota staying healthy, I think, in this game. So, I mean, Adam Thielen missed last game. Now what happened during the game, Diggs got injured during the third quarter, came back in. Was he 100%? Didn't look like it, but he did play. Uh, Dalvin Cook, they're really good running back. He went out in the third quarter. He did not come back for the fourth quarter. So now these guys have a short turnaround for a Sunday game. Heck, heck I think all three may well play. But um, you got a question as a 13-point favorite. How much usage are they going to get out of their three playmakers? Because of that, I'll lean to the dog. How's Detroit against a run? Because it seems like to me this is that team that wants to run. Maybe I'm no expert at fantasy or props. But it seems like perhaps, what's the number? 
Rush DVOA defense for Detroit, number 20. All right, so slightly below average. I think maybe the second back for Minnesota. Was it McKissick is dude's name, I believe? I think maybe over for him because my thought is you pound, they're going to pound, but they're not going to want Cook to get a bunch of carries, right? Exactly. I I like where you're going, and and he may well be like 28 yards, whatever his season long average. So they go like two backs, huh? No, they... uh, What I'm saying is... is They might go two backs this week. Uh, What I'm saying is the books will put up the second back's numbers. It, it's hit or miss on the second back. Okay. Madison, well, Madison. From, from Boise State. Let's write this down because somehow I think I had a winner last week and it slipped through. Fez somehow said, didn't get it in. Didn't get it in. It's rare that those losers didn't get in, though. You ever notice that, Brad? Not just with Fez. In fact, Fez is about pretty honest as far as I can see with this, that stuff. Yeah. With me, at least. I wouldn't want to be some some normal person that wasn't writing his big check. <laughs> you like that? No, I like that a lot. Yeah, I got a feeling they're just going Plus, it feels like that's almost Minnesota's therapy, running the ball. Plus, I like the fact, like, Dalvin Cook, the injury was so under the radar. People, he played most of the game, and I don't even know if anyone's really talking about it very much. I'm just concerned that no one's going to put Madison up. Next game, Jets. Five and a half at home, Miami. I'm surprised we're not getting Miami action, Faz. Why not? I think because of the line. So, you know what? I'm I'm having a mental block. What was the line when the Jets were at Miami? Were they laying five in that game just recently? Mm, doesn't sound right. I, I would have had it if they were. Well, no, they lost. I, Miami they lost. Won. No, if I remember, it was like three, three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. So, I mean... Now the Jets are home, and they're only laying five, so there's certainly been a big correction. I'll go back to I do think that the Jets are undervalued. Yeah, but, but because there's a movement in the line doesn't mean it's wrong or it's, it's, it's too much, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, not. how much have you adjusted? I mean, can't we just do the math here? How much have you adjusted Miami? When was that game, Brad? Because it strikes me that November 3rd. The Jets are three and one straight up and against the spread since that game. Right. Yeah, Miami's been upgraded. Um, That's what I'm saying. So yeah, by, by four and a half points in, in your power yeah, ranks. Yeah. And what's been the Jets' adjustment? Gotta be up. Well, let's let him decide. You got your power ratings to the hundredth point in college. Let him have his for one more year or a couple more weeks. I'm, I'm on this spreadsheet. I only got the Jets back two weeks. I'm trying to think where I had them. Yeah, but I mean, weeks. what was it generally in two weeks? They've been so all over the map with the. I no, think, what, what was it for two I, weeks though? Just oh, kidding. two weeks ago, yeah, they're minus six and a half. And where are they now? Minus five. Okay, so you've got them one and a half down. My guess is when they would have won what two straight games before that, you had to at least go up a point and a half. So let's call them flat. They probably are up a half a point. My yeah. guess. Is that your guess? Yes. All right. So let's just say flat for the sake of argument. So four and a half point adjustment. All right. So there it is. All right. So now the question is, if we go to three and a half. That's saying then, and that was the Jets on the road, saying they're six and a half better, right? Yes. So if they're six and a half better, and now there's been a two and a half point adjustment, that means the Jets are two better, and the Jets are five and a half. There you go. So now the question is, do you trust your power ratings? I I mean, you obviously do. So what are the other factors in the game? I'm just always afraid that because someone's moved the line, that somehow we just dismissed that game. That seems stupid. I think people forget. I mean, I was, I don't want to say I was one of the first to do it, but 
I would say amongst our universe of people, I was the first to start saying, well, let's compare this line, let's compare mm-hmm. that line, right? Okay, let's look at this Jets-Miami. Let's go through the formula on this one because I, I, I want to really th- – because I'm going to question, I think, one of your assumptions. Jets-Miami, your power ratings say what should the line be? Jets minus five and a half. Now, do you have Miami and or the Jets higher or lower than you would think an average person, an average creator of power ratings? Higher for both. So you think both are better than the general market might think? Yes. Okay. And why is Miami better than you think? I don't or, think or than most people think. I don't think most people are giving enough credit to how well Ryan Fitzpatrick has played this year. He's currently the number eight quarterback in QBR in the NFL. Now, didn't he start really slowly? Yeah, he had that horrendous game. Remember, Miami played at Baltimore, so the first two games he played horrible. And still number eight. Yes. My God, is that higher than Drew Brees? It is higher than Drew Brees. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers? Higher than Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady? Yes. So you're saying Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Fitzmagic, has a higher QBR than Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees? Yes. Combined? No. <laughs> okay. All right. So he's playing well, and he's playing as well as ever. Yes. Why are the Jets overrated? Jets are or, or again, underrated. Sorry. Because Darnold, although he's not having a good year, I believe got rushed back when he had mono. And in now, a, Dr. Fezzik, what makes you think that? Well, I'm just looking at the data. In October, it was hit or miss. He had the very nice game against the Cowboys. Which was the first game. Yes. But so next, if the theory is over time you get better, wouldn't the first game be the one you struggle the most? Yes, but there's certain volatility to all this and randomness. It, I, I know this. His other two games, he was horrible. His QBR was one. His other two games in October. Yes, and 17. And then in November, he's had four games, and he's strung together three really nice games and one bad game, really nice games against Washington, um, against Oakland, and against the Giants. Could be vagaries of data, though. Strange. Certainly possible. Now— it strikes me that we don't quite know why, Steve Fezzik, MD, that <laughs> Sam Darnold's doing better. It could be that, hey, what is this, his 23rd, 24th, 25th star, right? He hasn't been around that long. Maybe he's just starting to, you know, they say at some point you start seeing the game slows down. Yeah, you stop seeing ghosts. You saw him, huh? So either way, Darnold's over the course of the last four games is playing better than the Jets quarterbacks have over the course of the season otherwise. Yes. The blended stats not only have some of those other Darnold games, but also Luke Falk. Yes, and Luke Falk obviously was not an NFL quarterback, and he's going to depress all the Jets' offensive stats all year long based on the three games he played. Do you believe the math guys are so inept that they just – they are like, do, 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 oh, Jets, the yards per attempt. Or do they think, ah, we got to adjust for this? I mean, you know a lot of math guys. I, I think a lot of guys are that inept where they just look at that old YPP, you know, offense and defense, and they don't, um, you know, differentiate it enough for, for no. changes throughout the year. I also think the case can be made that there was a point in the middle of the season there was so much turmoil within the Jets organization. It was a distraction. That's a a great point where Gase was about to get fired and then they got the vote of confidence, and that certainly has been a positive since then. I agree with all that. So if you have Miami, what, a point and a half maybe 
underrated? Jets about a point and a half underrated? Is that when you say underrated, is that what you mean? Yes. But you move them both in the same direction. What are the other factors motivationally? Do you think one team has more motivation than the other? I, I didn't identify it. Oh, I think it is. I mean, Gase could ill afford to lose both games to his former team, mm. the Dolphins. Mm. On top of it, you got a Jets team should be motivated. They just lost to an 0-11 Cincinnati team where maybe Miami's breathing a sigh of relief. They just pulled an outright upset as a double-digit underdog. I think the motivation is in favor of the Jets here. I think you're right. For a couple, I think one of those reasons is enough. The loss last week not getting doubled up by, you know, one, the team that was supposed to be tanking the whole year. Yep. We, and we, they are. Here's a fact. Jets are the first team in NFL history to lose two games in the same season to teams that were 0-7 or worse. The Dolphins were 0-7 when the Dolphins beat them the first time. Ooh, that's pretty good. So what's your pick on the game? I lean the Jets. Because so why not the, like? <sighs> this is the mystery. Yeah, it's not. I don't have a good pulse or, or feel. I mean, both teams are very high variance. Just when you thought the Jets See, were... See, I think Miami's been pretty low variance. Yeah, they were terrible at the start. Yeah. And lately, they've been, I mean, they're 6-2. and two, When their you last say lately, you mean yeah, like last the last like 12 games or, or <laughs> 10 games. games? Yes, you're right. So... The Jets have been higher variance. Okay. Fez, right, so do you agree now, Fez, that Jets probably have a little more motivation? Yeah, and because of that, I leaned to the Jets. It was oh, a wait, because lead. of that when you said there was no motivational elements? And I was wrong, I think. But, that, but you said because of that, I leaned to the Jets. No, I leaned to the Jets before, before that. So and why so, did you lean to the Jets before? Just because the... Um, I know I made it five and a half and the game was five. And so it's the weakest Whoa. of leans, a half a point. No, no, but that's fine. You're saying it was just a pure number yes. play. Okay. And the line, is, I mean, not that it matters because it's so close, but the line is five and a half right now at the Super Contest. Okay. But you're saying Mark is more five. Mm-hmm. And you're saying the line should be five and a half. Yes. Okay. And now, though, if you add in the Jets' extra motivation, how does Miami respond to that, you know, almost a miracle win? Against Philly, right? You would think not necessarily well. You know, when you get a victory like that, that you could easily see them celebratory. But to me, it just feels like this is another Washington where because there was so much talk about. And I'm hearing talk about, how do you, Flores? Is that how you? Yeah, Colin's saying how well coached they are. Yeah, I've heard that from multiple players. Well, I think they're right. He's right. I mean, Let's be candid. You guys had a bet, uh, a long-standing bet on Miami and how well they're going to do. And remember, you said, "Well, this year we got it all locked up." Remember? Yeah, yeah and I do have it all locked up. Is that true? Seven well, this year? Yeah, yeah. Well, how about future years? There's three years. I'll take my chance. Well, hold on a second. Right. The win total was not seven for every year. That's it's insane. What yeah, was the, the win, win total, total was irrelevant to our bet. That no, never- no. What, what I'm saying is, what was the bet? The bet was Miami to go under seven wins for this year, next year, and the following year. Well, first off, it wasn't just three years. I wouldn't. That would have been insane. The win total this year. Isn't it funny how he never goes? Yeah, this was way early though. This is like February, yeah, March, and no one knew that Miami wasn't any good. Go we to the, weren't hey. on top. I mean, I oh, I wasn't on top of it. That's the bet I made. Was the, the, three straight seven. I I think you guys are incorrect about okay. that. I'll be interested. I mean, I, I remember that there was a number. I thought it was five and a half. It was seven. I don't think it was. It's funny, though. You never, it was like when 
when I said we have a bet, you, your face went kind of like flat, and then you somehow know for sure what the number was. I will bet $1,000 to win $1. The number was seven. All right. So I'll take you on that bet. Okay. And will you do the same on – well, either you – how's this? I'll take – I'll take 20 to 1 that it was three years. I'm not 100% sure of the three years. Brad? Yeah, it's three years. So 20 to 1? Yeah, 20 to 1. So I'll bet. How much was the bet for our original bet for? I thought it was like 300 a year or something like that, or maybe 500 a year. So you don't know? I don't know that one. All right. So that should make you more confident that you're getting 20 to 1 on. If I didn't know one part of the bet. Well, you think you know one part. So 20 to 1 if it was three years. How much do I know I want to bet? I just want to figure how much. 10 wins me 200. 5, 50. Hmm. Yeah, give me 50 to win a thou. Got it? Yep. So, yeah, I agree with Steve that these are both underrated teams. I agree with Brad that Jets should be motivated. Are the Jets clearly better? I also think, though, once you win a game like that, if you're a team that's kind of going against the odds, I think it helps them. So I'm going to pass, too. Next game. Uh Uh-oh, a pick from Brad. Indy at Tampa, lines three. Who you got? Yeah, I like Indy here. We talked about yards. The team that has the yardage advantage in the NFL covers 68% of the time. I'm wondering what it is when a team has a 100-yard edge, which is what Indianapolis had last week against Tennessee, a 100-yard edge against the Titans. And, and to me, came down less than six minutes left in the game. Tie ball game. Pretty much has played out that, that way the entire game. Indy was better early. Tennessee was rallying. Adam Vinatieri is lining up for a field goal that's going to give Indianapolis a three-point lead, blocked return for a touchdown, a 10-point play. And on top of that, you said earlier in the podcast, you're down with, uh, you know, turning the ball over. You're down on those teams. I can tell you who turns the ball over. It's Jameis Winston, 20, 20 interceptions. There's a bet that you won, I'm sure of, with Matty Hall. Hold on a second. When you say there's a bet that you won, as as if somehow – those are difficult things to find. Nah, you win. A <laughs> I mean, there's not a bet that the, you won. You're not winning the 20 to 1 or the $1,000 to well, for one. Again, anyone who lays 20 to 1 thinks they have yes. the right side. I know yes. they do. Uh, Dave Malinsky used to mess that up all the time. He always thought, well, I believe this, so it's true. He's like, no, no, not always. <laughs> He's as much as anyone back in the day, but still. Go ahead. I, I don't know how you can trust Jameis Winston with 20 interceptions this year. I will take getting the three here. I like Indianapolis. Fez? Yeah, I have a lean to Indy, similar to Brad's handicap, 17-17, and then Vinatieri gets the field goal blocked, changes the whole complexion of the Tennessee game where they lose by 14. So he's still the kicker, right? Amazingly so, yes. Yeah. So does well, it not come into the handicap, Brad, when you have such a tight game? It should. Vinatieri this point. year. Eight missed field goals, eight missed extra points, more than anybody in the NFL. I do think also Indy's a little undervalued because they had one game where Hoyer played the entire game, and Hoyer was just terrible against Miami, and they lost that game 16-12. to So the stats, I know it's just one game, but I do think that compromises them somewhat by Indianapolis. However, this is just a lean, and here's why. 
I am really worried I'm missing something with Tampa Bay. This Tampa Bay Buccaneer team, this is like a, a wise guy's darling in terms of money flows in on this team seemingly week in and week out. There's something about Tampa Bay that I think I'm not valuing properly, or I'm certainly not valuing what other people are seeing because we are seeing major, major moves on Tampa Bay consistently in the marketplace. But isn't that clear that it's assuming that Winston, as much as Jameis has turned the ball over this year, it's more than he has historically, right? Yes. So why would you expect that? So if you've modeled it so Winston turns it over a normal amount for him, how much better, you know, how many, if you look at it on a per-pass basis, that's interesting. Mackenzie, look at before this year, what was the per pass basis on interceptions? So per 100 passes, how many INTs? What is it this year? And if he had had a normal year this year, how many less INTs would he have? All right, I'm on it. My guess is there's going to be like four, five less INTs. And all of a sudden, how we just talked about four being Green Bay's big differential, right? Yeah. If it ends up at four or five less, wouldn't the assumption be, unless there's something about Winston that's making this year worse, this is just bad luck, and thus the truth is that Tampa's better than they seem? You think? It's certainly possible. I, mean, I know it's possible. Yeah. What do you think? I tell you, he seems to make a lot of hor- He makes a lot of horrible decisions. More this year than last More year? More this year than I've ever seen him before. Well, I guess that's very difficult to put in a model. I mean, and it, it is a contract year. Is he forcing it more, like trying to get that extra play because it's a contract year? Well, I'll tell you this. Whatever the consensus opinion was about will Winston be a starter in the NFL next year, I think it's improved. I'm hearing people say, I think Bill Simmons was saying, I think he starts next year somewhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that would – I mean, they weren't sure they were going to pick up his 50-year option. Yeah. Up to number 18 in QBR rating, so almost an average quarterback despite all those turnovers. And that's what I'm saying. It keep it has the turnovers in account. Yeah. And if that's an aberration. I mean, Air, you know, Bruce Arians is a respected coach. Yep. I just feel like that if you subtract four turnovers from Winston, Tampa might have two more wins. It's a whole different conversation. And uh, funny that you say that. If you take his interception ratio uh, from before this season, extrapolate it, five less interceptions this year. Now, how much better would Tampa be with five less interceptions or five less turnovers? Take a look because I think overall they're minus seven right now. So they're almost an average team in turnovers. They'd go to minus two, mm-hmm. and their underlying stats are slightly superior. So clearly a 500 team, if not a seven and five team. And the question is is this Indianapolis team? A seven and five type team. I don't think this version is without Ty and with without, a banged up Mac and a no. ba- and, and and potentially a banged up Brissett. Can you pull up? Can you pull up the rush yards on Brissett, Fez? I, I you you're the one that was pretty good, or the first guy that helped me see that even rush attempts will tell you how healthy a quarterback feels, right? Because you don't want to take those hits if you're not feeling good. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. At two and a half, I really like Tampa here. I mean, the three, especially if you're thinking that. Yeah, he's only got nine rushes the past four games. He has 44 for the year. So uh-huh. clearly it's gone down tremendously. Uh-oh, Brad. Yeah. Lucky you took the right number here. I'd be 
I, what's the market? You're saying 2.9, Fez? Ugh. 2.9. So I'd be taking the worst of it. That's just, I'm just not comfortable doing that. <laughs> but you, have we talked you off it a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, I did upgrade like two or three pa- uh, leans to like likes. So yeah, I would like to, I would like to take this from a like well, to a, I, a lean. I, yeah, we Is can. Okay? But but right. if I wanted to bet it, I could. Oh no, I, I get it. Well, you I think know, you, you know, might because uh, our our beloved Uncle Essler, Uncle David Essler, likes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, oh this is almost like this is almost oh. like it was preordained. The minute Damn. Brad showed weakness, Mackenzie comes in with the information. I didn't know. I didn't know. Jeez. Ah! Let's listen. Uncle Dave. Sunday afternoon, Tampa Bay over the Colts. And I tried not to take the Bucks. They dominated Jacksonville, the Colts crushing loss to Tennessee. I suspect many people will take the Bucks. But I think they're right. And I watched every play of that game. It was the Bucks defense that played lights out at Jacksonville. And I know it was Jacksonville, but the Bucks passed the eye test for me. Colts have lost four or five. I think the reality of not having luck and having Brissett is starting to set in. They made their living running the ball. And surprisingly, the Bucks defense is second in the NFL in yards per rush. I suppose some of that might have to do with what's a weak pass defense. But it's the Colts passing game we're talking about. Brissett has thrown two touchdown passes in the last five games. His pass rating has dropped significantly every month since September. Against the Titans, that was the first time he threw for more than 202 yards in five games. The Colts have not won a road game in two months. The Bucs didn't play a game in Tampa from September 22nd to November 10th. So they're telling me these teams are even on a neutral field? I don't think so. Colts on grass? I don't think so. Give me the Bucks minus the field goal. My hero. Man, you don't want to go against Uncle Dave, do you, Brad? No. How much? Uh, let me think about this. I'll let you buy out for $25. Deal. Yes. That's the hard way to make $25, kids. <laughs> uh, you got to love Brad. He's an honest dude. I give him credit. Five Subway sandwiches. Next game, Chargers, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a three-point home. Oh, this is the Rams. No, it's the Chargers. Chargers, three on the road? Oof. At Jacksonville, Minshew in. What do you think about Minshew? Interesting. I was down on Minshew. Did not (laughs) like what I saw at all from Minshew. And then Foles came in and... Remember first game, I was like, oh, he was mediocre. Yeah, me too. I thought expect they, him to improve. Exactly. He hadn't played earlier in the year. No. Second game, you know, it's small data sample. Uh, three, Vagaries. Three <laughs> games, I guess, is enough. And uh, major, major concerns with Foles. So I think it's the right call to go back. Well, to I, I think it has to do with something with the team. Because there's just no upside. Because... In a weird way, aren't you putting a stink on the guy that you're going to want to potentially trade? Right? Yep. Yes. And if anything, you think they would have said he re-injured himself or something mm-hmm. and taking the stink off him. Yep. This seems like a weird – it almost feels like the, 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 the whole staff here might think they're out the door anyway, so they don't care. 
and certainly the tail end of the games, and uh, kudos to you, RJ, you asked me to research, you know, that Jacksonville's been getting smoked the past month and how they responded to that. And frankly— So my thought was I've heard people say, man, it feels like they're laying down. Exactly right. So you um, went ahead and said, you know, take a look when they get down by more than 14 points. So pretty clear they're not going to be able to win the game. How have they responded? And the answer was— the last three weeks before this past week, not well. So they got outscored by seven points, then they were tied, and then they got outscored by four points. This is all after getting down by more than 14. Now, that doesn't sound that significant, but think about that. If you're down more than 14 points, you're favored to win the rest of the game, probably like a two-to-one favorite. So to actually get outscored, um, to not win any of the rest of those games, and to tie one of them, that's pretty darn negative. So what happens? They're getting crushed against Tampa Bay last week. Jacksonville is. They're down 25 nothing at halftime. Foles gets benched. And the first sign of life effort from this Jacksonville team, we see it. They win the second half 11-3. to They actually could have gotten more than 11 points. So 11-3 is enough. Yes. Go ahead. So we saw the effort from Jacksonville. And also, this is a Jacksonville D, RJ. They had given up 200-plus yards um, the two weeks before. And the eye test said they're not tackling worth the lick. They're not trying. They're not bringing the full effort. So maybe with the stash coming back, the effort will be there. So th- your power ratings say what? Looks like three and a half. Power ratings make it three and a half. And frankly, it's all about the Chargers. The reason that I make the Chargers a three and a half point favorite this Chargers are underrated. Just, It's amazing how this team finds ways to lose despite seemingly dominating the games. So they lost to Kansas City. They lost to Oakland, and they just recently lost to Denver. And I could make a case they should have won all of those games. Further, I can make the case that San Diego, we kept talking about it, they're going to get healthier. They're going to get healthier. Well, they finally got healthier on defense. Their safeties, Derwin James and Phillips, returned last week. So they went from having cluster injuries at safety to be back at full strength. Well, they still lost. Um, but uh, power ratings do lean Chargers. All right. So Chargers are in historic territory. They have a plus points margin this season, which means they should be a 500 team or better. Now, if we say. A team has a plus margin on the season, and it's week nine or later, so second half of the year, and your win percentage is less than 350. So second half of the year, plus points, but you've won less than 35% of your games. First time any team has been in that situation since 2012. So this is... uh, you know, every six, seven-year type event. Now, if you say week 14 or later, which is we're at 14 now, there's only 12 prior teams to be in this spot in 30 years. So the run lately hasn't had it, but even over 30 years, very rare. Finally, betters focus on the win-loss record. So in the second half of the season, this is a trend that points us to the Chargers. First, we explain how rare it is for the Chargers to have a plus margin in this spot or a plus margin and have such a bad record. But because batters do focus on the record, second half of the season, your win percentage is less than 40%, less than 400. Just playing blind if they have a plus margin, all right? And the record is 57.5%. 
50 winners, 37 losers. Seven pushes. Geez, seven. So this all goes in. The, the market overvalues wins and losses. It's a case where teams scored more points but won less than 40% of their games. The reason we go to the second half of the year is it's enough games that you think there's truth in the numbers, and then you just play that team. So points chargers. Does that all make logical sense, Fez? Absolutely. I have to question, is the market sharper than it was even 10 years ago on this sort of thing, though, RJ? What do you think? You could do that forever, right? That's true. I mean, you could question anything. I I think to some degree we're measuring – it's almost like we're measuring things with like an an eighth of an inch is the best or the most detailed ruler we have. We're going around measuring stuff, and we got to accept we're not getting it to the hundredth of a point or hundredth of an inch. But then we start wondering, I wonder if this could be a fact, like the wind could be a fact in it. It's like, yeah, but we're only measuring by an eighth of an inch. Yeah. I think, you know, but if there's a huge, that's why a huge sample size is great for anything, because you would only need the last three years, right? And then you could say, well, what's that telling us? In general, I don't trust, I agree with you. I don't trust trends that as much to go over 30 years with a small sample, unless they're extreme. If it's 22 and 2, it's telling you something. But I do think it fits our logic, and it certainly gives me a little nudge, though I never I never bet the Chargers. <laughs> I don't. Think yeah. about the last time I picked yeah. the Chargers. It's been five years I've been hearing how good they are. Oh, it's got to be more than that almost. It feels like yeah. it. Just last December... In Foxborough, what was the line on that game? Was that 10? No, that was three and a half. That was crazy. And 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 remember, it was a bye for the Patriots. Yeah. What you got, Brian? I'm passing on this one. I don't have much more other than, I mean, all eight of their losses are by seven points or more, or fewer for the Chargers. Eight games, seven points or fewer. But They could we, be undefeated. They could be undefeated. But can't we say a lot of this, though, is the inferior coaching? Is Anthony Lynn a bottom four or five coach in the league? Yes. I mean, some of this we could say we expect the Chargers at least to have a losing record in close games because we've seen it in the past. And we've seen the Phillip Rivers. Um, it, it's almost like losing begets losing with him. It almost seems to be in his head. How many times do we have to see him in the fourth quarter just shaking his head, walking off the field disgusted? Well, not a lot of action there. Oh, oh, the Chargers are my best bet. Yeah, I'll just throw oh, this. Oh, go I, ahead. I got, with a lot of the stuff you were saying about the point differential, the only thing I'd throw in is Chargers, since they moved to L.A., 65% ATS on the road, only 37% at home. And because mm. of their difficulties in close games, this is how I want to get at it. I'm going to put maybe half my bet on Chargers minus 9.5 plus 200 because I don't want any, any piece of them in a close game. But if it's a blowout, I think Chargers blow them out. That's interesting. So, like, I – now, let's think about this. I hadn't heard of, like, that pleaser effect, or I hadn't thought about that too much. So what he's saying is, all fancy-schmancy with the math and such, what he's saying is, I said I don't want Washington in a down even two scores, so I'm going to think – oh, may, and, again, I didn't say this as much with Washington because I don't think Breeze or uh, – Rogers has much desire for margin, but in the what, what game was that? I can't Denver in the Denver game. I said, "Hey, if you like Denver, let's look at the first, or we eventually got to the first half, but let's look at the money line." Well, what situation don't you want 
the Chargers in in a close game, right? So let's create the fact that it won't be a close game. And yeah, we're not going to win as much, but the payoff makes up for it. What do you think, Fez? I like the logic. I would actually think a more optimal way of betting this, if you will, if you can get at it for action points, because I can see the Chargers either losing. If you can get at it for action points. Yeah, so what we do you bet- mean if? Can you get at it or not? My books don't have action points. All right, so you have 29 outs. And I don't have action points. But that's what you're recommending. Well, I know it's like I read about it. Mm-hmm. So but some, you have 29 books, outs. <laughs> yes. Probably means a majority of our audience doesn't have it. Fair enough. Okay. But explain what it was. Well, the idea being is you play action points, Chargers minus the three or three and a half. And if the Chargers, let's make it three. So if the Chargers win by 23, you win 20 units. If the Chargers lose by 17, you lose 22 units. So you lose the 20 units plus the VIG. But that's extremely unlikely because the Chargers are either going to lose a very close game or win big. Well, if that's the case, tease them. You're saying they're all, they, they can't get blown out? You know them. what? You've been waiting. You have been waiting all year long for me to give you a non-basic strategy <laughs> teaser. Well, you got so it, So you're going to tease man. through zero? We're going to tease the minus I think, three. I think that's broken careers. Through the zero. We're going to do a seven-point teaser and take them up to plus four. Absolutely. Now, how many points are you teasing at? Seven points. <laughs> We're going to get the plus four. What is the line right now? It's three. Okay. Okay. Why not just go six and a half and go to three and a half? I'm all right. It's fine to do that as well. Fine or better? It's probably better. <laughs> he calls that fine when it's not his idea. And, and what I like is that the line the line is not exactly three. It's not. It's three point one five. So you're getting a little bit of an extra boost on the teaser um, to you know to bring it down. So who are you teasing it with? Oh, I got lots of choices. So let's be clear here. You wouldn't necessarily do this. This is me. No, saying. I would do this. I would do this. You would this. tease through zero. I, I've, I've you ready te- to defend that online? Yes, I've teased minus three, oh, minus one twenties all the time. I usually Incoming. tease them up to plus four. I usually take it to plus four with the seven. So let's let's teaser. put some caveats on this. Is what you're saying is part of this is driven by there's uh, in the rules of most books the way that the three vig is treated. So explain that explicitly. Yeah. So when the line is like three point two five. So, which means it's above, it's like three minus 20. Yeah. So they deal minus three minus 20. But if you use the three in a teaser, the books forgive the minus 120, if mm-hmm. you will. They just use the underlying number, the minus three. So, in three. a way, it's almost like you're getting another half a point. Yes. For right free. off the bat for free when you're teasing on one of the teams. On one of the teams. Because the theory is going through zero, you're losing a point, right? Because yes. of two ticks. Yes. On two teams. Yes. So you got to gain two points. Yes, but I'm but I'm essentially teasing through both of the threes, and obviously those are critical numbers because the, the oh, 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 when I was saying both, but well, I was saying twice. I meant actually if you had done it two the half and the only, minus half. Yes. Yeah, but when I, no no what I actually was thinking was both sides were going through three of the two, but no mm-hmm. only one. So you got a point to gain, right? Because you're going you're losing a tick from one to pick from pick to one. Yes. So you have to pick up a point. Yes. And you've picked up a half because of the minus 20. Yes. Now, where are you picking up the other half? Because I'm going through half of a three and, and through a full three on the other side. Which, in, in a typical teaser, an advantage teaser goes through three and seven. Seven's worth ten. So that's really one and a half. If we count three as a unit of key number, 20 cents, 
Sevens worth 10. So you're going through one and a half key numbers when you go through the, the classic corridor. Yes. And here you're going through one and a half key numbers. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now you got to find a way to make that extra half count, though, on the second piece. Because if you're going through six and a half and you only need six, you're really laying extra vig on the second piece for no reason. Right. So ideally, you want to get like a nine and a half. Well, you have not ideally. What's the number? Monday Night Football. We're going to go Philadelphia down to two and a half. Oh, boy, that seems like a high variance spot. I guess it's Monday night. All right. That makes sense to me. I Listen, I am not a master of teaser math, but really effectively what we're saying is a classic through the corridor teaser is one and a half key numbers going through three and through seven, which is only a half a key number. Going off at three is the same as going through seven. Huh. Okay. And then you're picking up the half. But still, but if it's one and a half, it's still only the same as going through the corridor. I would argue it's like one and three quarters because you're going through more. When you're that first three, it's 3.25. So you're taking Oh, but we already account yeah. for that. So what I'm saying is let's assume that was just three. And accept the fact that 0.25 gives you, you're picking up one of the ticks you're losing. So we're saying, how does this compare to an advantage teaser, right? And an advantage teaser is you're giving away no points, no extra halves, and you're picking up one and a half key numbers. In this case, you're picking up one and a half key numbers because you're going through three on the other side and off of three, mm-hmm. right? Okay. But now you're losing two ticks, so you got to pick up two half points. And you're picking up one because it's three minus 20. You still have a half a point to pick up to be the same as an advantage. Maybe what you're saying is it's not as good as a typical corridor advantage teaser, but it's close enough that I think that, you know. If your handicaps calls for a low variance game in that teaser corridor, which is what we feel is a very Mm. likely situation, Chargers losing by one or two or three points. Okay. All right. But you would say this is a kind of a fun like you think there might be some positive EV in here, but you're not going to like put. You don't want your house up on these teasers a bunch. I agree. All right, all right. But now I, I listen. I'm not a teaser guy, but if you went from three and a half to three and a half on a seven pointer, doesn't that take care of the problem? You're going through four key numbers. Yeah, but now I'm paying an extra ten cents. Well, and, yeah, and fifteen but- cents a vig, right? I'd much rather take a game that's essentially three and a half, which is like minus three, lay a dollar twenty-five. Okay, and then I'm playing a six and a half point tease. I'm being charged for six so, and a half so points. So this line was like not just twenty, but it was like thirty, but still was on three. Exactly. So steam yeah. on the Chargers. You see a book go up to minus three, lay a dollar thirty. Boom! That's the time to fire on it. So maybe what we should say is this: that you believe that there are situations that you can do this that are approaching, if not equaling, as good as an advantage teaser. This one has one piece missing from it, which is if this three was a little higher. Exactly. If it did, you would be like, go for it, baby. Here, you're like, ah, pizza bat. But you're not saying it's as good as an advantage teaser, but it might be positive EV in the long run. Yes. All right. So make sure the people heard exactly what was said there. (laughs) I think it's actually interesting stuff. And I'm just such a contrarian. Like, you think you would just say, well, if this kind of teaser works, just be happy with it. It's like, to me, I'm always saying, okay, that's obvious. Now what? But sometimes the now what is what gets you into trouble. Yeah. Like poker players. It's like, oh, can I play this 6-7 off suit or 6-7 suited if I mix it up with my aces? Like, my play used to be, 
jack 10 suited. I'd limp and then I'd re-raise if an aggressive razor raised from either the cutoff or the button. Because my thinking is, one, they don't have 10, or it really decreases the chance of them having 10s or jacks. So now they got to have a hand they really want to make a statement with. It's either queens, kings, or aces. And if I'm not doing that, if I'm mixing that up with my aces from the front, GTO, baby, that, and then plus, there's the psychology. You're going to back, you know, you got your best straight cards possible, because right, you're making the nut straight so much when you do make a straight. And you have a nice, I mean, a jack high flush is a nice hand. They're ace king suited, same suit, maybe, but you're almost winning all your flushes. You agree? Yes. So, I mean, heads up, you're going to worry about losing to a higher flush. Well, first off, most you know. of the time, well, no, but heads up doesn't, if you go, and remember, I would do this only when I was in a pushing spot. I didn't say that mm. with my re raise. So let's say I come in. Buy in for, you know, let's say it was the five ten game, and uh, buy in for four hundred, which I used to do just to want to see a couple of loops, and I get that jack ten early. Now I'm a guy they don't know as well because I'm not playing every day. So when I when I limp and push, they're thinking he's not playing a game. But worst case, you get called, you're seeing all five cards. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and you're. I mean, what do you fear? Basically, queens, kings, and aces. That's because it. yeah, so what if ace king calls you? You're sixty three, sixty two, thirty eight, or something. You're fine. And I don't think ace king calls all that much. Maybe they do. I think losing. they do. Well, I'm, I'm telling lines. you, in my experience, mm. they just because I'm they're playing you, yeah. Well, it's just because I'm new to the game. Right. That's usually when I'm going to do that. And then here's the beauty: what's the equity? Even if you get caught, because I show it regardless. Because I'm not going to do that. Again, and now what? Well, now you're you're now limp with kings or aces and do the same thing. Now I'm loosey goosey, right. and it's not only that they're thinking this guy's freaking nuts, yeah. right? So it worked, but some of it was I wanted to get over. See, that's the thing. I just have this almost like a child's desire to get over, and 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 I kind of debunk things, which I think is good for my job. It's not always good for my batting. Next game, right? And this one, <laughs> we got a battle in this corner. Red of hair. College expert, but he's been doing well in the pros. Brad Powers in the other corner. Steve Fazic, you know him. Brad. I like New England, the Patriots. And what I really like is a New England team coming off a loss, a straight-up loss since 2002, since that first Super Bowl season. The Pats off a loss, 65% against the spread. Here's an R.J. Bell trend. The Patriots off two straight non-covers, so they failed to meet expectations. Two straight games. Since 2008, the Patriots are 17-5 and ATS. Two pushes in there as well. But here's what's really significant. ATS margin. 13 points per game off two straight non-covers. And I just like this one. The New England Patriots have won 21 straight home games. Only one of those, only one, have been by less than four points. They're only laying three here. New England, I like the Pats, minus three. 
I like the Chiefs. I'll make the case. I've been making the case that Kansas City is a sleeping giant all year long. The record hasn't been very good. Well, the reason it hasn't been very good is because of compromised quarterback play. Three losses when Mahomes was not 100% against Indy and Houston. Had that ankle where he was hobbling around in the second half and at the Titans' first game back after the dislocated kneecap. Mahomes is healthy now. That offense, as good as it's been, is going to become the best in the league, in my opinion, with Mahomes 100%. And I'll argue that Kansas City defense, which was soft to begin the year, has been improving under the new defensive coordinator, Spagnola. I have Kansas City, my number two team, better than New England. And frankly, I'm not so sure Kansas City shouldn't be number one right now, better than Baltimore. Give me the points with what could oh, well I'll be the best point in the best team in the NFL. Hold on. What's New England? This is a big game here. New England's home field advantage. Three. Only three. Three. Because remember, home field is contrasted to how you play on Fair the road. Enough. Fair enough. All right. Okay. I would have to lean to Matt or why am I saying Matt? I would have to lean to Brad here. So what interests me is what's really changed since the beginning of the season. So, Fez, what would the number have been at the beginning of the season in this game? Three and a half by my power ratings. So you had New England a half point better. I did. Okay. Well, that tells me that I think that net-net, you can't say can't, that, that New England has increased distance. You can't. I think you can say Kansas City's picked up a half a point, and that assumes that New England, whatever they've lost on offense is equal by what they've gained on defense. I'm starting to wonder about that. I don't know if it's that they just play defense. Because what I'm seeing is this. When New England plays one-dimensional offenses, the combination of Belichick's genius and the team they've got, they can, if it's run or pass, they can handle it. When they play these multiple run or pass type offenses is where the big problems come. And I think Kansas City is one of those problems. They can run and pass. I know they don't run a ton, but they're certainly not one-dimensional. And what else does Kansas City or does New England struggle with? Very fast guys in space in the middle. I'm not talking about the wideouts. I'm talking about running backs and tight ends. I mean, here's what I know. I know New England's defense has gotten better than last year, but... Look at the look at the shootout there was up in New England last year, right? 43-40. Now, do we really expect, you know, what's the over-under effectively for New England here? So what's the total? 49, 26-23. So do we really think Kansas City only scores 23? Mm. And do we really think New England's going to score well, I think 29? It, well, it was 26, right? 26, yeah. 23? Um. Yeah. The more I think about this, if 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 New England had won last week, but lucky because we can't forget part of the reason we like maybe Kansas City here is because New England didn't look good. If they had won lucky last week, I'd really like Kansas City here. I can't because I can't go against Belichick after a loss. I can't go against Brady when he's being questioned when when the doubters are out. And I do like that trend. Two straight non-covers, that means underperformance. Belichick doesn't put up with it. But it is Andy Reid, and let's be candid, Kansas City, 
at a given point late in that game last year was the favorite to win the game. Right, Faz? Yeah, if D4 doesn't jump offside, the Kansas City's heading to the Super Bowl. And how differently would this line be? Ooh. Right? That's a good point. If they didn't win the Super Bowl, Kansas, then Mahomes maybe did, which you got to think he would have with the, with the Rams. Again, who knows? So I would say I have a strong lean to Kansas City, but I don't bet against Belichick hardly ever, and I certainly don't off a loss. Any closing thoughts? Nope. I think Brad, I think you've gotten a little softer on your position. I have. Why? What what resonated? Just you breaking down the twenty-three, the the expected score being twenty-six to twenty-three. I don't see New England's defense holding Kansas City to just twenty-three here. So do you what? then if you like New yeah. England, maybe New England and over. New England and over, yeah. So you're you're batting and, Brady steps up. Yes. I actually if I like New England, I like the over too. I don't trust this D. I'll tell you this. I would not be shocked, and I know this is going against what I'm saying, but I'd be getting such a payout. I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City won by 21. I mean, like this is one of those games, if, if our assumptions are wrong, because really the, this line's only based on this defense is going to – how many times has Kansas City been held to 23 or less in, since Mahomes quarterbacked? Oh, no. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean – and I get it. You could say New England's got the best defense they've played. It's like maybe, but how you know how's this defense against this kind of offense? Because I know how they do against the Redskins or Luke Falk, and even the Cowboys who made themselves one dimensional. One time this year, Indianapolis lost when they lost thirteen to nineteen, and that's the game Mahomes got his ankle rolled up and was totally and, 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 and Indy, I think had. The ball forty minutes. Remember, they just ran, 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 well, ran, and ran the clock. And again, that's something the Pats might. I know their rushing hasn't been great. Can you look at last year? I looked at it. Not a single game in the regular season last year. Wow. So, mm. this is a bet that what some called an all-time defense is able to be an all-time defense. I don't like that bet. So, I think you go New England and over, Brad. If you go, yeah. Next game. We got Hitman sound on this one. Oh, Hitman on Arizona and Pittsburgh or KC New England? Uh, Arizona Pittsburgh. All right. He likes the under. Okay. No, there's no reveal coming up. <laughs> so let's just go straight there. Why in the world would the Hitman like the under? Let's listen. All right. So best bet. We're gonna go with the Cardinals and the Steelers under the forty three and a half. So Kyler Murray this year, he's faced five teams that rank top twelve in pressure rate defensively. What have the Cardinals done in those games? They've scored only seventeen points per game, and Murray's had under five yards per attempt in three of those games. This is a problem because the Steelers rank second in the NFL in pressure rate, and they're only allowing twelve points per game in their last four games. But what about the Steelers' offense? So they've been a dead nuts under team this year, specifically on the road. So in road games this year, they've only combined for 35 points per game between the two teams. And this has been a trend that's gone on for a while now as Mike Tomlin as a road favorite, 6-24 and to the under. The Cardinals' defense is terrible, but the Steelers' offense on the road, 31st in scoring this year. 
Tomlin stated that Delvin Hodges was the team's starter just because he hasn't killed them yet, like Mason Rudolph did. It's clear that they view him as a game manager, and he's only attempted 21 and 20 passes in two starts this season, like the under all the way down to 42 in this one. Yes, Tommy the Hitman from Jersey, former school teacher. But he's using his education well. How's he doing the circa? I think last I looked, he was 13th. That was last week, though. What is 13th pay? Like, was it real money? You got to think. Mm. Oh, Brad shrugs. It's probably like 15 dimes. It's it's oh. really skewed towards the winner. Oh, yeah, like it's like it it's like a million for first, a hundred thousand for second. Yeah. Hey, that's what the poker tournaments did. All right, so he likes the under. Fez, uh, Fez you, you like the game here. Yeah, I like Arizona here. I think that this has been an overreaction to last week's results. What happened? Pittsburgh, you could argue they had their revenge game of the year against Cleveland after the whole helmet debacle, and, um, and they got it done. They played well. Uh, and what happened to Arizona? They got absolutely crushed by the Rams. But I would make the case that this is setting the Arizona up to perform well and certainly get line value after getting crushed. Bottom line is I do believe Pittsburgh's still a below-average team. They're traveling up across the country. What they You think this Steelers team is below-average with the Duck? With the Duck, yes. With We'll call him a second-string quarterback. We won't even call him a third-string. I don't care about third-string. I'm talking about how he performed. Yeah, he performed well against Cleveland. And he Played performed well, well the prior game, he, right? Yeah, he did. So he's performed well in every game. Yes, the Duck is playing well. But, but somehow, but but I mean, P- Pittsburgh has what a top five D. Oh yeah, but uh, Juju sidelined. I don't think James Conner is necessarily going to play if he does. So what does that mean? I don't think he's necessarily going to play. What is he's his questionable? Okay, so do you have any special insight? He's fifty fifty to play. Okay, I think questionable mathematically. Yeah, doesn't... It's like all right. So did you have any special insight, or you're just spinning it? I have no insight. So he's questionable. He's questionable. Go ahead. Well, I've got a Pittsburgh offense that was completely compromised with uh, Rudolph, and it's probably better. So if anything, that brings up the point, oh, you look at the season stats and you blend them, they're not giving enough credit to Pittsburgh. If Hodges can maintain what he's always done. Well, what have we seen from a lot of these replacement quarterbacks? They've done well for a couple games, and can they keep it going? Is it a couple, though, two exactly? I haven't seen that. But where could he be going on his? He's just going to the a URL that has what the the, the the all the replacement quarterbacks in the trend line. Where I want to no, see. No, I'm just looking at Hodges. I want to see. Hodges. Oh, okay. You think you would have done this before the handicap? All right, Brad. What do you got? I lean Arizona here. Pittsburgh, obviously not in their preferred role under Tomlin as a road favorite. Forty percent against the spread. That's everything since Tomlin became. Uh, head coach bat way back in 2007. It's only a lean though, Arizona, because I, you know, if Arizona was going to come out and put uh, an effort, wouldn't you have thought with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback after a bye, instead of coming out with an effort, which a lot of people liked Arizona last week, they had arguably by far their worst performance of the season out gained by 350 yards and a loss to the Rams. That, that was a major head-scratcher for me. And by the way, Pittsburgh's number three defense DVOA. And I think that's fair. I think yeah. it's a heck of it. And remember, when you don't have an offense, it's even harder. Yeah, I mean, bigger. I guess it's harder if you have a super fast-paced offense. Yeah. But 
They're they're putting some bad spots. Fez? Okay, so Hodges has four games. The first one was that Baltimore overtime game. Played very well. QBR was a 94. Ah, very well. <laughs> then he played the Chargers. Played well. Uh, QBR 60. Okay. Cincinnati, QBR 22. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland, QBR 37. Right. Well, I mean, it strikes me his QBR is going to be, what, above 50, above 50 over four games? Now, the question is, is is the trend line the issue? Yes. QBR is 50.4. Well, okay. With, a, with, with a, looks like a bad trend line. Small data sample, though. Yeah, except I would say it's hard to look at that Browns game and, and you think of the tenor of the game and think he underperformed. I agree with that. So now we're saying he underperformed in one game, in a game they won. Yes. So And the 22 in the Bengals game, I mean, he came off the bench and saved them. They're getting beat. 22, I mean, it's yeah. QBR, yeah. I know yeah, you never low. use QBR until I started using yeah. it. It's not gospel. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's, uh, let's just say this. Would you like Pittsburgh more or less? And since you don't like them, you know, would you like them more or less if you find out Rudolph's going to start? I would like Arizona a whole lot more, yes, because Rudolph was just a train wreck. So you've got a potentially decent quarterback with a top five offense. Defense. Or yeah. defense, right, yeah. right. So are you, why are we so anxious to bet against him here? That's what I don't get. This feels like a robotic play. I think it's a situation play. How so? Well, just the fact. They're flat off of Cleveland. Well, I, I can see the that. All, it was the all-in game against Cleveland, and they played Cleveland. Well, too. first of all, it's not an all-in game because they were in the playoff hunt. Yeah, it's true. Right? All-in yeah, implies, implies you're done here, after. You're done if you don't. So, I mean, right now I think it's hard to – I would think they'd be flat here, except they are in the playoff hunt. You can't lose a game you're supposed to win if you, if you're Pittsburgh here. That said, I would lean Arizona, or I would lean Arizona. And, and a great question is, you know, that Pittsburgh defense, which has played great and it's been opportunistic. You know, they single handedly won the Colts game, and you could make the case the Chargers and the Rams. Yeah, but games. under that case, you could have faded them every game. You're right. The defense they won some close games. They've won some games on fluky plays. But do you fade them every game now? Or maybe you're right. Maybe they're just overrated A to Z. But they didn't seem overrated when Cleveland was laying two and a half or on the road. Like somehow Pittsburgh was a two and a half point dog. That seemed like the market really was like anti-Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think it was more the market was op- so optimistic about Cleveland who finally had put some wins together. And frankly, we've seen irrational exuberance on Cleveland many times this year. And you liked uh, Pittsburgh last week. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I vetoed that on the Super Contest. We had another winner, you know, meaning the pick I had won, too. So it, it was a, it washed out. Snuck by with the Bengals. Yeah, you got that one. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Yeah, they won. Bengals destroyed the Jets. Yeah, still both were good picks. All right, next game. Tennessee, Oakland. A double like. In fact, these are two successive double likes coming up. One, then another. Then Monday Night Football. Then our best bets are decided. Ooh-ah. <laughs> Brad. I like Oakland here. And here's what I like about the spot. Let's talk about the Oakland side. We got history here. It's only the 11th time in 30 years a team is coming in off back-to-back 30-point losses. How do those teams do in that uh, in that role? Six and four ATS, but the margin by 7.2 points per game. Now. RJ, before the show, did make a great point. How many times is a team only catching two and a half points off losing back-to-back 30-point games? It's only happened one other time that a number was in this range. So I hear you on that. 
but also another thing, teams off 30-point or more losses, and this is a much bigger sample size. In the NFL last 30 years, we're talking 400 games, 55%. But on top of that, it's also a fade against a Tennessee team that I thought last week had a misleading win against Indianapolis. It was a 17-17 game, five minutes in the fourth quarter. Tennessee gets a block kick return, uh, block field goal return for a touchdown, 10-point play. Stats say Tennessee should have lost that game. They're out game by 100 yards. I like Oakland here. I hear you, R.J. Bell. I hear you. <laughs> That's funny. Baz. Yeah, I like Oakland as well. You know, Oakland has played very well this year at home. They're 4-1 and one straight up, 3-2 and two against the spread. Remember, they got cheated out of a home game. They had to go to London and uh, well, lost. we've heard enough about that. Right. So, well, the bottom line is, so they played 12 games. and have only How many miles did they travel? 21,000 oh. over that five-week stretch. But um, with that three-game win streak, and, and frankly, they didn't necessarily outplay their opponents, but they – they got wins in every one of them. Those and they did outplay the Bengals. Obviously, it was a it was a close game. But I think it's the surprising support. I was worried the crowd was going to turn on the Raiders this year, but because they played well, I expect another frenzied home field advantage for Oakland. I like Oakland. That's interesting. They've had so many disappointing games recently because they didn't cover. So one of those non covers at home was against Cincy, and then they've gotten beat by, you know, like historic amounts. Don't we worry that there's just something wrong? I mean, do we look at the games? Maybe this is the question. The games that they lost by 30-plus, did the stats back up 30-plus? No, not in the Kansas City game. They actually out-yarded Kansas City by more than 100. But what Well, I think that is a sign that the yardage should be thrown out the freaking way. Well, what what is concerning is, is that Kansas City had no penalties and the Raiders had 100 yards worth of penalties. So I, I think it's like one of the biggest penalty disparaging games I've seen all year long. Disparaging. Disparity. Disparity. Yes. Brad, what do you, I mean, like at some point, I get the idea of one game. Yeah. So what was the ATS when it was two bad ones? Six and four. Okay. So, but margin 7.2. Yeah. So, hmm. but your point. I hear you. I hear you, RJ. <laughs> was that, hey, I mean, most of the time those teams are catching double digits. In fact, the average line for those teams coming off those back to back blowout losses was 10. And I mean, isn't Tennessee, like, couldn't we say that if even if Tennessee had lost the last game, that this is a very hot team that is excited about yes. them? In yeah. a weird way, them winning the game, they should have maybe lost. Mm. And are we, sh- doesn't that, Whatever premium we're paying because of that, what was the look-ahead line in this game? I think Oakland was favored. No, Tennessee by one and a half, it looks like. Fair. Really? Is that what you say? Wait a minute. Uh, there was, why was there no game? Oh, no, it was Pick'em. It was Pick'em. It moves over to the left column for whatever reason. Pick'em. Okay. So, two, but now let's be honest. How much of the two and a half points is the Raiders getting crushed again? And how much of it is Tennessee winning? I think Raiders getting crushed again has got to be a point and a half at minimum. At minimum, if not two points. So right? you're gaining a point or you're losing a point, paying a point of premium, however you want to say, on Tennessee. But them keeping their momentum probably is worth that. So let's accept the fact that they should have lost. Though, do we really think they should have lost? Tennessee, guess, no, no. 
You're saying it was a coin flip. I, I actually think Tennessee should have won, but they should have won by three or two, not 14. Okay, so how much extra are we paying because of that difference? Mm. And, again, I like Gruden. I just – who wants to get ahead in front of this freight train that's ten- – I think you let Tennessee lose a game. You know, and Tannehill has really, really upgraded this team. And that – we talk about, you know, looking at season-long stats and the like. And I think although people recognize that they've upgraded over Mariota, it's been by way more than we ever anticipated. And, te- I mean, your power ratings say two and a half, right? My power ratings say – one and a half. Really? Because I'm seeing a one and a half home. I'm confused. I, I guess I'm seeing three. Wait, I've never seen a system that, it, like, you I, get I have it Tennessee. Wrong half the time. I have, no, I don't get it wrong. Tennessee is. Really? I do not get it wrong on there. Tennessee's four and a half. It's just not represented so well, formatted. Four, <laughs> Tennessee's four and a half points better, and Oakland gets three for home field. All right, four and a half points better. Three, four, so it's one and a half. Okay. No, I'm not saying that the, there wasn't math here. And Vegas says, "What's the Vegas? That's just another place for the number to be." Yeah, Vegas is what the market you put is. Put the number at the far. It's fun. Fez has three columns that are his calculations, and then Vegas is in the fourth column. <laughs> By Vegas, he means literally the freaking spread. <laughs> That if you, I mean, if a psychologist yeah. looked at that, they'd have a field day. All right, I don't like it. They double like it. I wouldn't bet Tennessee though, because I I do agree. Oakland's look so bad. They're either really bad, but they're really bad. How did they play so well earlier? I'm just afraid with a guy like Gruden, there might be an internal problem we don't know about. Rams, Seattle, another double like, and Fez and I have a little bet on this. We'll leave that for the end. Faz, you can start. Yeah, so I like the Rams at Pickham here. I'll make the case Seattle is the luckiest team I've ever seen. Thus, Seattle is overrated. Seattle is 9-1 in close games as decided by 8 points or less, so one score. And I'll make the case also that not only should Seattle have lost some of those games and they shouldn't be 10-2, and two, but let's look at what happened the last two games. Monday Night Football, very nice win against Minnesota, but they were fortunate Thielen was out, Diggs got injured during the game, and Dalvin Cook got injured. So the three biggest playmakers for the Vikings were compromised in that game. What happened the week before? Seattle, nice win in Philadelphia. Well, the Eagles, they too were decimated with offensive injuries. They didn't have any of their starting wide receivers. Jeffrey was a late scratch. Aguilar couldn't play. Lane Johnson, their best lineman, was out. So Seattle... Big line move on game day. Huge line move. That line went from Seattle plus two to Seattle minus two. So Seattle, not only are they winning all these close games, but they're getting dealt these great hands in terms of injuries and like. I'm not saying Seattle isn't a good team. I just say that Seattle is overrated based upon what has happened. And let's look no further than what happened when Seattle played the Rams earlier in the year. Well, I know this. The line on that game was Seattle um, at home, and Seattle was minus one, basically. Went up to one and a half on game time. Well, now Seattle is pick them on the road. So there's been a huge adjustment in the ratings for these two teams. So you think, well, did Seattle, when they were home, they handled the Rams easily. Not the case at all. It was an evenly played game. And Seattle was clinging to a one-point lead, and Greg Zerline missed a 43-yard field goal that decided this game. Year-to-date point differential, Rams plus 33, Seattle plus 36. So if Zerline makes that kick, then the differentials flip the other way, and the Rams actually have the edge in point differential. So uh, outstanding value with the Rams at Pickham. 
my best bet. We look at Seattle in close games. A lot of people are going to say, hey, Seattle's great in close games because why? Their quarterback, Russell Wilson, he has the clutch factor. Well, we did this yesterday on Straight Out of Vegas on the Tuesday edition. RJ had me query it. Prior to this year, what was Seattle's record in games decided by seven points or less in the Russell Wilson era, 2012, 13, 14, all the way up to 2018? Seven years. Seattle in games decided by seven points or less, 31 and 33 straight up prior to this year. That goes to show you how fortunate Seattle's been. I also like the Rams here. Uh, it would have been my best bet, Rams. Pick wow. Now, if you look at the math of it, see, uh, Rams plus 36, 10 wins. In 30-plus years, there hasn't been a team that's had 10 or more wins. So this late in the season, the theory is, and it could be they could be uh, – they could be 11 and 1. They could be 12 and 0. They could be 10 and 2. Or as this uh, weeks progress, it's one of those situations where you consider late in the year. In fact, let me just read the exact mathematics of it because I was trying to simplify it, but I don't think I did a good job. So, one second. All right, here's the mathematics. And the question I asked was Is Seattle the luckiest team ever? So you have a 10-2 and two record, yet outscored opponents by only 36 points. So you do the math, it's three points per game. Last 30 seasons, first NFL team to have 10 wins by game 12 without outscoring opponents by more than three points per game. So if you had 10 wins earlier, so I guess the way to think about it is if you had been 10-0, you hadn't done it. If you had been 10-1, and one, or 10-2. and two. So by game 12, no team has had 10 wins but not outscored their opponent by more than three points per game. So luckiest team when it comes to wins. So Russell Wilson historically doesn't warrant the idea that they should win this many close games. But this line, huh. So what do you, what, your power rating say what, Fess? <laughs> Power ratings have the Rams minus one. And the games pick them. The spot's also good for the Rams in that the last two weeks, Seattle had to go to Philadelphia, tough physical game, and then the Monday night football game against the Vikings short week for Seattle as well. All right. And the Rams went to? Arizona destroyed Arizona. Laffer. All right. I see that. So how much situation's worth what? So what do you think the line should be? I think the Rams should be like laying 2.2 points. 2.2. Now, in, it's interesting. You and I had a bet on this. <laughs> yes, on we did, let's RJ. A, let's allow you to tell the story quickly. Well, I painted the accurate picture about how you could just broad brush paint a picture and these teams are approximately equal. And so, since they're approximately equal, how in the world are the Rams not favored by home field advantage? And uh, what that, is approximately equal? I didn't hear the word approximately. <laughs> they're roughly equal. equal. Roughly. You and were then, saying equal. And then, yes. And then you said, well, the Rams are home, Fez. So that means you uh, think the Rams should be favored by three. And the spot, it favors them. So you should be more than happy to lay three. Correct me if I'm no, not. Yeah, and I said no yeah. VIG. So, yeah, you know, no VIG. No, I, I know that here's the beauty of it. We know you could get the better odds. But if you like what you like this much, just to win over me, just to show the nation you're not afraid, 200 stations. 
And then I said no. And then you basically, I'm paraphrasing, called me out as being a wussy boy. If no, I no, didn't. no, that actually didn't happen. <laughs> I said, okay, then we now understand. And then you kept talking and you kept making the case the same, somehow. I said the same I thing said, over well, and every, over. Almost every time that you said it, you had to say no to the bet again. Finally, what, the third time? Yep. He goes, all right, I'll bet you 500. I said, deal. <laughs> now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hedge this baby out so I have a guaranteed win. So, Fez, I'll give you a dollar for you to help me with this. So, wh- how would you hedge this out if you were trying to screw you over? Right. So, you got, obviously, you got your Seattle plus three position, right? Even money. At even money. I don't like Vig. Right. So, we're going to go ahead and you're going to bet on. Let me think about this. How you All right. So, this? why don't we do this, Brad? You pick, continue, Fez. We got one game left Monday night. And then no, we- one thing I do want to mention this game, because you had this and you put it on your Twitter account at RJ in Vegas. That's true. This is a primetime game. Sunday night His football. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And I hadn't seen this. Russell Wilson in primetime. Straight up, 82%. ATS, 79%. That's a concern here. This is Sunday night football. Yeah, and that's right. Yes, yes, yes. That's correct. I mean, McKenzie did that work, pregame.com. Fez, were you, th- you got it yet? Yeah, you're going to ask me to go out, out and grab you a Rams plus one ticket, which is readily available in Vegas, and therefore you're going to be completely free-rolling for a middle, provided, Seattle, provided the Rams win by one, two, or three, or the Rams lose by one. Yeah, but I don't like that because I could lose. Right. Now, I think what we do is we do, do an alternative. What we have to do is an alternative spread line, then. Okay. Because the money line's not going to work because the lines basically pick them here on plus one. Mm. I know I said money line before, but mm-hmm. that's but but I think what you need to do is we need to find you. You know what I'll do? An alternative line think, plus money. Yeah, I'm going to think on this. So so we need to find you a Rams yeah. minus three plus one forty alternative line to lock in a profit. I want a profit. Maybe we just, even if the line just ticks up to one side, there's got to be plus money somewhere on the Rams, right? So let's think about this. I've got Seattle, so I'm going to want Rams. There's got to be some, even if it's plus 105. I don't, I just want to win. So you look for that, Brad. Let's let's do this. We got Monday night and then the best bet decision coming up. I can give you a plus 100. That's not a sure win, Steve. I know. It's the only spot. It's the best. It's only going to get worse. How do you know? It's my line mover. I'll get it right. What are you, like two out of 11 this year (laughs) on that? No, the the lines have moved fine. I'm 500 on my actual picks. So when you say fine, what's fine? I think it's like seven, three, and one. Uh, uh, I know historically you're over 70%. That AI is getting to you. Bad DSI. Let's talk about... Why a book who spends big money advertising is a book you have more reasons to trust. It's because the amount of money they're spending, quite frankly, with Podcast One wouldn't allow them to make a profit in the short term. This is one of those situations where when you see someone investing, it's like a neighbor and they have a house and they don't cut the grass. They don't worry about the gutters. They don't clean the windows. You're wondering What's wrong with them? Are they hurting my property value, et cetera? But then you see that guy, he's hosing, he he cuts the grass and he hoses it down. He's not real worried about any water shortages. He just wants his yard to be pristine. 
My dad used to do that. Just after a long This is a long time ago before the idea of the water and the finiteness of it all. But he loved to ho- he did get the edger out. Ooh, that guy, you know, he's in it for the long haul. Bad DSI is spending money, offering bonuses, 100% match play, shows they are in it, their intention for the long haul. You go to BetDSI.com, look around, sign up, promo code BELL101, 100% match. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. I'll wait. I'll wait. I think I'm going to see a plus number. Monday Night Football, what you got, Brad? I'm leaning with Philly here. And to me, Eli Manning is going to— It sounds like you're, like you're in pain whenever you start handicaps. Ooh, that's a good— When, when it's a lean, it is <laughs> kind right. of painful. Just accept the lean's okay. Yeah, and here—Eli Manning. I actually—and here's where me and Fez had a disagreement. I thought Eli Manning might actually be an upgrade because why? From what I've seen from Daniel Jones here recently, turnover machine, 21 turnovers, 11 games for him. I thought it would be maybe an upgrade for the Giants. The market has totally disagreed with me here. In fact, it's been a half-point downgrade, the move to Eli Manning. One thing I will say, Phil. Well, I agree with you. I think it's all about team motivation. Yeah. Think about it. One, This is probably, what's the two big rivalries for the Giants? Cowboys and Eagles. And what's the odds that Eli ever starts another game for the Giants against the Eagles? Never. This is it. This is the last freaking rodeo. Yeah. You don't think that his team's going to be hyped up? I think so. I think so, too. I'm going to lean with the Giants. What happened to the Daniel Jones uh, uh, renaissance? Um, yeah, well, nine touchdowns, one interception well, stat. Well, no, he was right about that. I was. And now he's still that, fumbling the ball. Yeah, he's still fumbling. And now last week he threw three interceptions against the Packers. Yeah. And, I, and you got to wonder what kind of – is he really injured – Mm. Oh, I think so. What's the injury? Did he finish the game? Did Eli come in? No. So somehow, yeah. some way, he could got through the game, but now he's injured. Too injured to play that we know a week ahead? <laughs> really? He's in a walking boot. Oh, so they say. Yeah, that's easy I could be in a walking off. boot yeah. in five Haven't freaking minutes. Have you seen somebody get those? Oh, I've seen that all the time. I mean, seriously, this doesn't make sense. When, how, He's dealing with a high ankle sprain that ex- Roto World says is, is expected to cost him at least one game. But No, no, I have no doubt that's what they're saying. But what I'm saying is a high ankle sprain, how does he finish the game with it? Tape it up and gut no, it no, up. No, I'm not asking you to try to be funny. I'm asking yeah. a serious question. Right? Did we see him getting taped? I did not. Did anyone? I did not. So somehow... The starting quarterback for the New York Giants got injured so severely he's in a walking boot, but we see no proof of that on the sidelines. Huh? I mean, isn't that a little suspicious? Yep. That would make me even more enthused. It's like, let's give Eli his last, you know, this guy's horrible. We don't want, you know, maybe they'll forget. If somehow Eli wins it. Now, I guess the question becomes, do they want Eli to do well? Because in a weird way, oh. you're... You're opening yeah. yourself mm-hmm. up. To, yeah. If he has a big game, then what happens? Yeah, that's an interesting point. But I, it does. I listen. High ankle sprains. That's the kind of thing that keeps you out four to five weeks sometimes, yep. right? Though I, I've had. I mean, listen. I'm no athlete, but in my day when I was playing a lot of basketball, I went years didn't really get hurt. 
I really sprained my thumb once, and it was like two weeks. But that was it. I came down once and had what they called a high ankle sprain. The doctor told me that it would be better if I had broken it. Because, I mean, you really do that, it hurts you for, again, I'm no athlete, but it hurt me, like, for, it sounds ridiculous, like two and a half months. But I wasn't doing any, like, plyometric rehab or whatever. I'm not saying this is that, that I'm anything like Daniel Jones. What I'm saying is, how do you have a high ankle sprain that's bad enough that you know you're out a week before the game, but no one sees it? That is curious. I'm going to go back and watch the final five minutes of that game. Okay, Go ahead. Watch it as long as you want. You, it seems like something that we would see the footage. Like, don't mm-hmm. When they talk about someone's injury, don't they always show the play, like on SportsCenter and stuff? Brad? They do. Have Usually, we seen that footage? I have not seen that footage. So it's a mysterious injury. I'm going to have to bring this up on SOV. Yeah, do a YouTube search. Just search for uh, – oh, look, they're showing a press conference. Fred just said something about – what was your search for? Daniel Jones injury footage. Uh-huh. What are we seeing? A press, press conference. Press conference is explaining. Well, they're telling us about it. Yeah. Interesting. I don't see any action. Maybe some say I'm paranoid. I say it's just good thinking. <laughs> All right, let's start – let's assume – I guess, in a way, your your Eli decision. So you've given up finding a phase. I accept it. You're saying it's it's like the zoo. They, we got Kennedy's assassination on tape, but the 83 cameras at this game didn't pick it up. Right? Can't find it. Can't find it. Mystery. What's it say? I was just looking the play by play. If there was anything, no. nothing. Mm-hmm. Just went back on the field. Demon show. Even if they would have showed him getting taped. They would have had that footage when they talk about it. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the game, Fess? I'm teasing Philly. Shocker. Basic strategy teaser. Well, listen, you're putting it with a non-basic, right? Yes, right. So we're teasing Philly with the Chargers. Going to take Philly down below minus three. And let's face it, when you're teasing a team, you want them to need the game like blood. And Philly desperately needs it at five and seven remarkably they're still in the playoff hunt now if dallas wins does it hurt our motivation yeah a little bit because dallas is you know up a game on philly so but my understanding is if philly beats dallas based on the tiebreakers or something like hardly any of these other games matter for dallas yeah so dallas let me look that up yeah that's something to look at brad you got anything else on the game i do not so do you what lean yeah, just a lean. I actually came in and sent the notes in leaning Philadelphia, but when the Eli stuff was announced, I thought it was a positive. I flipped over to the Giants. That was one. But have I convinced you for that maybe Eli? It seems like the Giants won Eli. Yeah, because I think they want to take heat off of Daniel Jones, but it doesn't mean the team's not going to rally around him. I think they will. So Dallas has a one-game lead currently, and they already beat Philadelphia once. So if Dallas beats Philly again, no, yeah, I know. they're home free. But the question is, if they lose to Philly, do what other games really matter? Well, every game matters because then they're t- those two teams are tied. But what tied. I'm saying is, based on the tiebreaker, they're saying, I just listen, I don't know. But what I heard was that the only games that matter, and, and in fact, I'm going to say this, and I don't know the schedule, they have Washington left too, right? Yes. So what they said is if Dallas – Wins Philly and Washington, nothing else matters. 
for whatever reason. Yeah, and and if they win Philly, they're almost home free. But you're right; they clinch what they if they win Washington. Then so, but it, so I guess in theory, what do you? Yeah, think? I just did five thirty eight, which only has the next three games. Lose the next two at Chicago and the Rams. But if they beat Philly, ninety four percent chance to make the playoffs for Dallas. For Dallas. So yep. what we're saying is. But it, the question is, if they lose to Philly, how much of those other games? Oh, they all matter well, a great deal. I, I hear what you said. They go, I, they go down to 15% on that game. If they lose what? If they lose the Philly game and the, so, those other games. Oh, if they lose those other games too. Yeah. Okay, but what I'm saying is let's assume. So just change the one and have them win this game. So they uh, they lose to Philly. Okay. And then they... Win the other uh, the other game. Was it Washington? I have. Uh, that's what I have there at Chicago and the Rams. Okay, so and they lose to Philly. It's fifty fifty. So even if they win these next two games and lose to Philly, and then it's fifty fifty. Okay, now assume they lose this game. It goes from fifty fifty to what? <laughs> fifty. See, yeah. So hold on now. So Steve, the time when you repeated something four times, it's incorrect. So explain it, Brad. So Just explain what you're doing. All right. So going to 538, if they lose this game against Chicago, what the, the odds are saying is it doesn't matter. The, their odds, if they lose this game and they lose the Philly game, they're still 50%, regardless of whether they win or lose this game this week. So literally this game, and we're talking the Chicago game, the Chicago game, which is a Thursday game. That's why we didn't talk about it. Okay. Is what we're saying is Dallas literally, if they win or lose the game, it doesn't affect nope. their odds, Not which seems weird. I, yeah. I don't understand how that can possibly be. Know. It must be a tiebreaker situation. But, I don't know. But but RJ, if if Dallas, dude, I, are you gonna? I'll call Nate Silver. Yeah, dude. he's wrong. No, Nate Silver's not wrong. That can't be right. Well, okay, Steve, write write a letter. All right. <laughs> I mean, That's what you're getting at. He's gonna be one of those oh. letter writers. The traffic light next to my thing has been broke for. Three I mean, but months. it's weird, isn't it? Weird that I somehow heard this, and then five thirty, and it wasn't from five thirty-eight, and now they're both saying it. Do you really? Are you really ready to? Would you? You want to bet? Not a lot, but I'll bet. How much? I'll bet five hundred. All right. So frame the bet. The bet. Is- Let's do this. Let's do the best bet, and anyone who wants to hear us frame the bet. <laughs> no, I'm not letting it go. You just waved your hand. No, no, no. All right, best bets seem easy here. You guys both agree on the Rams. Now the question becomes, so one of you should have the Rams. The question becomes, which pick do we really like from either of you? Because I'm taking Washington. That's going to be my best bet. unless you. Well, you guys both agreed, so no objection there. The question of what's left. Fez likes Baltimore. Fez likes Cincy. Now Cincy's where I'm leaning. Brad likes Atlanta. I don't like that. Likes Indy. I don't like that. <laughs> you guys disagree on KC New England. I don't like Arizona as much. I don't like Oakland. So I think it's Cincy, huh? Yeah. So, Faz, let's give Brad the Rams. You take Cincy. I'll take Washington. Repeat, I, repeat as, that. As we're pondering it, I'll repeat oh, it to geez. him as we do. Well, we can't miss this. Mick Scrooge agrees. So, (laughs) 
So officially, Rams, Brad Powers, but Fez likes it too. We'll probably have it on the card. That's a pick em, by the way, not minus three. Cincy, plus eight and a half. And then we all agree on my pick, Washington, plus 12 and a half. All right, that's it. Back next week. By the way, if you want to hear us negotiate this bet, or Fez likely back down, stay tuned. All right, Fez. So here's what we're saying. Let's go through this one more time, Brad. Right now we're saying there's two scenarios in which in the next three games. Yep. Scenario one is they lose to Philly. Yep. And in that case. They, oh, they lose to Philly. They win the next two games. It's 50-50. They make the playoffs. Okay. But what I'm saying is, why don't you hand the. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's keep this simple. Only the hardcore is listening. All right. So, Fez, let's just, we're going to look at two scenarios. They lose to Philly right. or they don't. We're going to start that they lose. And now there's two other choices. They could win to the Rams or not. So let's say they lose to Philly, they win against the Rams, and now they win against Chicago, and it's the chance to make the playoffs is 53%. Okay. Now we're going to say they lose to Chicago. That's one thing's going to change. Mm-hmm. Boom. It goes to 49%. Oh, wait, 50%. It actually changed. That was yeah. It went to 49. It went to 50. Yeah. What is going on? This it's is wild. Up. Are they, like, monitoring the weather forecast? <laughs> it's at 50. It's settled at yeah. 50. So a very modest change. Now, the other scenario could be that the Rams, they lose. So we're going to go to that and look at b- both scenarios. Mm-hmm. All right. So if it's lose, 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 it's 14% because Philly's losing anyway in this, this subset. Then we go to the win. It goes to 15%. Oh, wait, that's a tie. So let's go to the win. Let's see. Okay, so here's where it would matter. If they win against Chicago and they lose against the Rams and they lose against Philly, it goes up to 50%. But if they lose against Chicago, it's 14%. So by winning again, I mean, obviously there was not going to be no scenario at all that this game mattered. What they're saying is that in the prominent scenarios, like this is like one of those situations where it's late in the year and if three other things happen, you might change your seating. But how are we betting this? I mean, it's it's not bettable because really, what your instincts were, it has to mean something in some case. Exactly, and I and I fully reflect. We'll, 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 we'll can't we'll we'll back off and say, you know, what? It, it's certainly possible. It's only worth three percent overall. And yeah, scenario. well, that's yeah. interesting how, how you would blend that. But you see, what is interesting in most situations, yeah, that's interesting. Let's just just to finish it. Let's assume they lose to the Rams, just to keep it simple. If they uh, Again, okay, so this is an example where it really does matter. Okay. Let's assume they beat the Rams. All right, so now the question is, does it ever matter in that case? Let me see. It really does. It's wild. It's like very rarely does it matter. So if they beat the Rams, they lose to Philly, the Chicago game is almost meaningless. It's, it, it could matter. Exactly. No, no, it's, it's, it's like in that case, it's literally meaningless. Mm. But I guess we don't have the fourth game out here either. Yeah. Um, and here's what we know. Jason Garrett's job's on the line. Every loss hurts him because yeah. it, it's a whole freaking uh, news cycle. Yeah. All right. So, hey, it's not always action. No action there. 
A lot of action on the pod. Remember, we're taking off college next week, but the next week we got the first bowl games. And if you ha- don't usually listen to college, consider it because a great stuff from Brad and Ken Thompson and Fake Fezzik made an appearance. All the championship games. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.